Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. everybody and welcome to the Mojo Sports Show. I am your host, Mr. Mojo, taking you through the world of sports on this Sunday morning, a special edition Sunday morning show. The Mojo Sports Show is brought to you by Bay Ragney and the Totally Driven Entertainment Network, dedicated in bringing you total entertainment. So in today's special Sunday edition show, we'll be a lot to cover. We're going to be going over MLB spring training. As spring training is underway, it's great to see baseball. I'm sure everybody's happy. Baseball's back. It's nice to see the crack of the bat, hear the crack of the bat, and just see beautiful weather in Florida as they're playing ball and the game's on TV, MLB Network, get all the games. So it's awesome. We're going to be going through the Mets, the Yankees, all the stuff going on with them, as well as the rest of the league. I'm going to be going through everything. And there's a lot of stuff, you know, to go as far as the Mets, you know, a lot of questions with the health of guys like David Wright. Now, Duda got another injection. So we're going to see what's going on with him. I mean, I, I don't know how they're relying on these guys, to be honest with you, especially uh, Duda. I mean, you know, and Wright. I mean, you don't know if Wright's going to be healthy. But Wright, you know, Wright's pretty much one of the faces of the franchise. So, you, you know, you have to – you're definitely going to give him a chance. But Duda, to me, they should have moved on from him, and especially now already back in neck injections. It's not looking good for Duda. But the Mets as a whole all looking good. The pitching's healthy. They got some good young players. I mean, Rosario and Smith, you got a, a good look into the future yesterday at shortstop at first base. And Rosario is a can't miss, looks like five tool type player. I mean, having like the second or third ranked prospect in all of baseball right now. And uh, Dominic Smith is one of the top first basemen, top five first basemen in, in, you know, prospects. So definitely things looking up. So we're going to go through all the Mets, you know, and then the Yankees as well, the young Yankees. We're going to go through them. I mean, they got a lot of good young players too. Obviously, Gary Sanchez is, is the main guy, but they have guys like Torres, you know, Judge. They got some good young talent. So we're going to see what we're going to see what these guys are going to do. Judge had an absolute bomb, I believe, the other day. Was it yesterday? It's just an absolute. I think it was two days ago. It was an absolute bomb. I think it hit the scoreboard. So no doubt in his power can he keep the average up. But we're going to go through all that. We're going to break down, go through both teams. I want to also talk, I'm going to do my little over and under, which I usually do. I'm going to start going through it. I'm probably ain't going to make my final picture, and I'll probably do that closer to the season. But we'll just throw a few out there and look at some over and under win totals. And I also want to talk about uh, the, the new intentional walk rule that they put through. So no longer will you have to throw four pitches to intentionally walk somebody. You just put up four fingers and the guy goes to first base. So I want to talk about that and see uh, what, what everybody thinks about that 
The lines will be open today, 718-508-9883 for, for talk, talking anything today. Obviously, the next line, Matt Wieders, who I wanted the Mets to sign. And they're also talking with the White Sox for David Robinson, so we'll go through all that stuff. Also, NBA trade deadline passed. A lot of deals made, nothing. None of the big names that everybody was hoping to see, like Carmelo, Butler, and George were moved, although Butler and George were getting big offers right up to the deadline. They had some monster offers. I heard Denver made a godfather of an offer for Bull George that didn't go through. The Hawks offered four first-rounders reportedly for Paul George, which uh, still the guy at ESPN and even said, uh, who was it, Jalen Rose, said, I don't, even, I don't even know how they didn't just take – Indiana should have took that deal and ran. I mean, four first-rounders. I don't know what – I know the Hawks were trying to win now. If they could put a front court of George, Millsap, and Howard together would be formidable. But four first-round picks is a price, especially for a guy like George, who's pretty much making it known that he probably ends up on the Lakers after next year. So that's the, his dream team to go to. So – We'll see what happens there. But we're going to go through all the trades. I'm going to analyze all the trades and uh, go through them all. I mean, Sal in Jersey most likely will be joining us to talk these deals. Obviously, the Cousins trade, which was the big deal right after the All-Star game. So we're going to talk about that deal. Now, the trade deadline, like I said, didn't have much business, you know, to it. You had the one deal with Taj Gibson and McDermott going to the Thunder. You had some other, you know, P.J. Tucker to Toronto. You had some other deals, but the major deal was done before the deadline. It was done right after the All-Star game when Cousins got traded to New Orleans. Obviously, Cousins one of the top players in the league. And just a stunning trade. And, I, you know, what is Sacramento thinking? They, they got nothing for the guy. I mean, not that they got nothing. They got a couple of players in a, in a first round. But, I mean, you just traded your franchise player. We wanted to be there. And, you, you know, first you told him he wasn't getting traded. Then you traded. He found out during the press conference after the All-Star game when he's getting interviewed and they go, first we're going to start with the game. And he goes, why? What else is there? He didn't even know what was going on. And his agent leaned over and told him, you got to see his face. If you didn't see that interview, you got to catch it because it was classic. And, uh, but... Bad class, you know, Lonnie D. But you don't tell somebody right to their face you're not going to trade them, and then you trade them the next day. I mean, and they asked Cousins, do you want to talk to D. to the owner? He goes, why? He goes, it was a cowardly move, and they'll give me a cowardly excuse. So shots firing right there by DeMarcus Cousins. But Cousins and Anthony Davis are going to pair to be a formidable front court for sure. So, and that deal actually happened after the show last year, last week, because it happened on Sunday, so we didn't get a chance to talk about the Cousins trade. So we're going to definitely talk about that today. The All-Star game itself is definitely a joke at this point. I mean, I can't, I, I can't even – how you can watch a game that the team's almost scored 200 points. I mean, it's just basically run back and forth, dunk, score, hit a layup, or an open jump shot. I mean, there is no, nothing to the All-Star game anymore. It is completely broke at this point. And I'll tell you something else that's broke, these buyouts after the trade deadline. It, it is a disgrace that – these teams could just start buying out these big-name players that they don't want to pay anymore, like Deron Williams, Bobert. And now, they automatically, they're just going to go to the top teams. Like, it's a joke. So you have the top teams who are already maxed out, like Cleveland, who can't sign anybody, but now they can get a gift like this because guys get put out. Now, Deron Williams is already signed with the Cavs. It's a joke. I mean, how can you, how can you have buyouts like this? I mean, how – 
where you're just allowing these, these good teams to get even better. Like, it, it's a joke. It's a joke. You're allowing teams like Cleveland, Golden State's going to sign uh, Jose Calderon got bought out, so now he's going to Golden State. So Deron Williams to the Cavs, Calderon to Golden State. I'm hearing Bogus to Houston, possibly, when he gets bought out. It's just a joke now. It's become out of control. So I want to talk about that today as well. Obviously, at 1215, Mr. Berger is going to be joining me to look at the NHL trade deadline. The deadline's coming up this Wednesday, so there's a lot of rumors. We're going to go over it all with Mr. Berger, see if the Rangers, Islanders, the Devils are up to anything, and just see if anything big is on the horizon to break out this week. Because obviously, we know Colorado was shopping Duchesne, Landis, God, guys like that. Rangers were looking at Shattenkirk, deals like that, but we're going to speak to. Mr. Berger today and see what he has, see if there's more stuff, you know, more big rumors coming. So we're going to look at that as well. And then obviously we're going to go through the NFL, check out the news of the week. Jets cutting mangoes yesterday, which I mean, you got to wonder what this franchise even does at this point. I mean, he's their best player, one of their best players, their best line that, you know, he's been, you, you just, you can't make it up. Yet they're looking at Jay Cutler. So, I mean, there's the Jets for you, ladies and gentlemen. The typical yes, nothing's going, nothing, nothing's changing there. So Revis actually did say he's willing to take a take up to stay with the Jets. So interesting there. The Giants, they're looking, to, they're going to look, they're going to be aggressive to keep JPP around. Let's see if they could get it done. Obviously he's going, he's looking for big money, so they're going to have to really pay him to keep him. Obviously that means Hankins is probably gone, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they give JPP what else they do. Is it going to? mean they have to get rid of Dominic Rogers Cromartie, too. It's another thing to look at there. And uh, so we'll talk about that as well today and uh, maybe take a couple of looks at, uh, you know, some guys coming out, like top picks. And uh, also I want to do compensatory picks, which which we're going to talk about, like teams that were awarded compensatory picks. So a few teams got four picks and then like a team like uh, – a few teams got four picks and then a team like – Miami, well, Miami got three picks. We had Denver, Cincinnati, and Kansas City got four picks each. And then Miami got a third-round pick at two fives. So, and that's for Vernon leaving, Lamar Miller leaving. So the Dolphins did pretty good as well because they were down a three and a four, so now they got a three and two fives, so they kind of make up those picks they were missing. Although those picks are at the end of the round, it's still nice to have them. Also, March Madness coming up next week. We're really going to kick in. There'll be conference tournaments next week. I'm sorry, the conference tournaments the following week. Next week is the last weekend. So in the next two weeks, we'll really be kicking it into March Madness. Obviously, we're going to be doing the Mojo March Madness bracket again. So definitely, uh, I'll be posting stuff about that. Everybody can hand in their brackets and a chance to win a prize. So that'll be fun. We did that last year. It was a good time. And I believe Johnny, Johnny won in the basketball last year, I believe, so when he won that. So good job last year. And also I want to talk a little more about the little thing I'm going to try out there, a little game I'm going to try out there for people in the next few weeks for in April to host a, co-host a show with me in April. If anybody ever wanted to be a co-host or just try this out, this is your chance if you love sports to come on here and talk sports. The only thing I ask. I'm going to put this on Facebook and everything where people could just send me a message if they want to enter. And then I'm going to randomly, it's just going to be randomly pulled out of a hat. But all I ask, if you are going to put your name down, be serious and be be able to come on here on a Saturday morning from 10 to 1 for three hours to talk. So 
but it'll definitely be a lot of fun. We'll have a great time with it. We'll do some giveaways. We'll take callers. We'll talk about all the top news in sports. It'll be cool. And this is something you always wanted to try, and this is your chance. It'll be fun, even if you just want to do it for one day. Obviously, just have some fun. It's worth it. We'll have a good time with it. So definitely keep an eye on that. So, yeah, busy. It's busy day. I mean, so we're going to, we're going to start off. We'll start off where we are with baseball. I mean, spring training is here. And, uh, you know, watching the games yesterday, it's just cool coming home watching games. And, uh, you know, like I said about the Mets, the Mets, you're looking at right now you have Duda already hurt at first, okay? And it's very, you got to be troublesome. To me, to me, Wright should have a glove in his hand right now to play first base. Wright should be looking to play first. Because the fact, the thought that Reyes is only going to play three, four days a week is, is absurd. Reyes needs to be in the lineup every day. He's the only leadoff that the team got. Then, he'll walk it back a second, okay, like the $17 million. I thought it could have been used better. But he's back. He's a good player. They were trying to work an extension out with him. <clears throat> they were going to rip up the $17 million and get him like a three-year deal. They couldn't come to terms, so that deal fell through, so that's not happening anymore. Cabrera at short, he's solid, had a nice year last year. Basically, one more year, and then you could see, you'll see Rosario up. I think the Mets have an option on Cabrera, so it wouldn't shock me if they kept him around, especially if Walker leaves free agency. You could always move him to second next year, so that would be something to keep an eye on. But Cabrera's solid, right? And the big question is that they're will right. Wright's not going to even be able to throw for uh, – not even going to be able to throw for until mid-March. Like, a, I'm play defense, I'm saying, in a game until mid-March. So there's worries already there that he'll be ready for opening day. And to me personally, Wright Reyes should be the everyday third baseman anyway. So I don't think – I think you actually gain a little. Obviously, I would like to see Wright try first base. I think that would work. I know they're putting Bruce – they're giving Bruce some light at first base because they got a lot of outfielders in that. So right now you're looking at Bruce Grandison and Senta, which ain't ideal, and the Cespit is the left. But that's going to be the Then you have Conforto, who's also a hot start this spring. You have Conforto, Lagares, and Nemo backing up in the outfield. So the Mets, and between that and the back of big fielders with Flores, T.J. Rivera, the Mets have depth around the Argentina. They really do. You have the kids coming, Rosario and and uh, Dominic Smith. I, the Mets' biggest issue to me is first base and catcher, and I've been saying it all along. So no, I just don't trust them. I don't think the guy. I just don't think he's much. He's really good. I, I think they could have had the upgrade with Weeders, and they should have took it. But now we got to hope for the best. and just hope Dono bounces back, stays healthy, and hits, and you know, he, don't kill you defensively. The pitching looks healthy. You know, Cinderdon, Degrom, Harvey, Bass all look healthy right now. So that's a good sign. Harvey looks rare in the go, which is a great sign. Obviously, Mets still waiting to hear if Familiar's going to get suspended or not. It's definitely going to happen. It's just a question of how many games. I'm guessing he's going to get with Chapman. Got around 30 games. You'll probably see him around May 1st, where Reed will be closing until then. And that's not the problem. I think Reed could do a decent job, but it's after that I think is going to be the problem. You know, I, I this my big issue is, you know, you, you're saying you're all in. Alderson says he's all in. But yet the Mets haven't signed or traded for one guy on another team all offseason. So how is that explainable? So you're all in, but you haven't signed or, or, or traded for a guy on, an, on a, off of your team. So all you did was re-sign your own players or call up guys from the minors. You haven't signed one guy off your team to a major league contract, which to me is terrible. And it's, it's just, again, points to how bad of, an owner, of owners, the, 
they have. Because if you're going for it, if you have a chance, you're close to winning. You, have, you gotta go for it. There's no reason Matt Weed shouldn't have been on this team. There's no reason some a couple of these setup guys shouldn't have been on this team. There's just no reason. If you're trying to win a World Series, this is what you do. You're sitting back hoping that all these guys, Duda bounces back, comes back, Wright bounces back, Dono bounces back. I mean, how many question marks? You got all these pitches coming back from injury. Your closer is going to be out the first month. I, you're relying on a lot of stuff to break your way. Not saying they can't because they have plenty of the pitching. With the pitching wins, if the pitching is healthy, they're probably going to, you know, be in the playoffs. This ain't about just getting in the playoffs. It's about winning it all. And I know the deadline, they'll go out, make the move. But why go trade stuff at the deadline when you could have did it now just by spending money? But, again, that's the key, what I just said, spending money. It always, it always boils down to that boss, spending money. So, to me, it's frustrating. It gets frustrated. And, you know, listen, I think they're going to be a good team. I expect playoffs. I expect a World Series. I mean, this is what Mets fans are expecting. But they could have gave themselves a better chance. So, but the phone lines are open. I do want to some calls. I want to talk some baseball, 718-508-9883. We're going to take our first call of the day. Alan from Old Bridge, what's going on, my man? Hey, how you doing, Mojo? Just listening to your uh, Met talk. How you doing? You and, doing uh, better? Yeah, uh, slow. Slowly, but getting better. Definitely making a lot of progress. Last yeah. week, I couldn't even call, so... Yeah, no, I know. I've seen you at work you, all week. You were having a hard time. But yeah. it's good to hear you back and hear you talking. sound better. You sound a lot better. Hey, thanks. Thanks. Thanks a lot. You know, listening you know, to what you're saying, and it, and it does come down to uh, two positions, and I agree with you totally on a first base and catcher. And, and it's, I step back, and I'm like, it's not who's going to do better. It's, it's who's going to do worse between the two of them. And then when I saw a dude got a cortisone shot each, on each side of his hip, I'm like, it's spring training. Yeah, I know. He needs it now. How is he going to last? How is he going to last the season? It, it's That that worried me. I, like, you kind of cross your fingers. You figure maybe they're taking a chance on these guys. They see them every day. They know something we don't know. Give them the benefit of the doubt. And then you read that. I'm like, there's no way he's going to play first base regularly. And if you no, want to I mean, you're right to infield, you need a regular first baseman. It's not a position you want to keep shipping people in and out of. You need someone who's going to give you decent hitting production but excellent fielding. With hit problems, he's probably not going to hit for the power we're hoping, and he's not going to be diving for balls much. And it's spring. I, I that, agree. That was you know, concern. I would, I would actually – you know, the gloves that I – Dominic Smith has a good glove. I'm, I actually – I'm not afraid of, of giving this guy the job. I'm really not. Like, he looks like he's a good player, Dominic Smith. Hey, look, if dude you know, is going to come up and hit 200 and not for power, there's no reason not to give the rookie a chance. Right? Yeah. yeah that makes perfect sense. You know, sometimes the opportunity comes because you're on fire in the minors, and sometimes the opportunity comes for other reasons. And it would not shock me, and it would not be a bad thing if dude is struggling and having hip issues instead of alone you're trying to get somebody, give this kid an early crack, see what he got at some point in the first half. You know, unless dude surprises everybody, but with cortisone shots, I I, kind of threw that surprise out the window. 
I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. That, like you said, he had all off-season to heal, and already the sprint training, he's getting a cortisone shot on both sides of his hip. I mean, it, you can't, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and it's not and, like know, he played all the time last year. He came back at the end, and then he got, got hurt again. I thought we'd have him down the stretch healthy, and that didn't happen. Now you're right, the entire off-season – and already an issue like that. If, if there's a spot where they could be making a mistake, it could be him. You, can, you yeah. can't do it with Darno is going to have issues. You know he's going to have issues. And Duda clearly already has issues. And then David Wright's going to have issues. If we play Reyes every day, we're going to push him to his limit. But it, it's right. almost yeah. to the point. Last year, not for nothing, when he came in, he sparked the team. And he was a big, big part of the Mets being able to He's their only true leadoff hitter. Really, really. He is, so you don't want to overuse him, but he's going to have to play a heck of a lot of games. That's that's the reality. Yeah. They're going to have to find that line where he's rested just enough, but in there enough to be making a difference. You know, the Nationals are still a good team. I, I think the Braves are going to take a step forward this season, you know, and be in the mix where they haven't been. Their offense looked really good. They got Cologne. Not a World Series team, but they're going to be more competitive. They kind of showed glimpses at the end of the season. So the Mets, you look at what you did, but you look at what other teams did and where they are. And then it does come down to the Mets do enough. Is this pitch, a healthy pitching staff going to be enough? If Duda's not going to hit and Darno's not going to hit and Wright's going to have problems off the bat, I, I see Reyes at, first, at third base. Not so much a utility guy. Yeah, Same thing I agree. With Duda. Can't you kind of see it happening to Wright? One bad move and his yeah. back's hurting. So maybe Wright should be feel it's my it's spring. Maybe he should be playing for a space. Yeah, at his best was, yeah, was, was, when Reyes came in and you you saw him feel the ball at third base. You know he wasn't so super experienced third baseman, but when you saw the throw go to first base, it's like damn, he's got an arm. That, you know, surprised me for a shortstop making the longer throw. And you go back to looking at David's right, the way he was lollipopping, the way I call it, lollipopping the ball at first base, just trying to time the runner out. I don't know yeah. if he has the arm strength to play third base for a season without hurting his back. Everybody loves the guy. There's no doubt about that. He's a gamer. But maybe he should be playing first base, or at least see what he got at first base. Now yeah, the time I, to I do it. Not, not he wasn't a good third base defensively before his injury, and now with the injury, it's just even worse. I mean, uh, you know. But we're gonna yeah. bring we're gonna bring up we're gonna bring Padman into this conversation. All right. With with a spitting entrance music. <laughs> Is that still as me? I thought you would have changed it by now. Good morning, boys. Only, there's only one way to bring the past in. Hey, man, what's going on? Good morning, Dr. A and Mr. Mojo. Wonderful morning. What a what a, what a, what a weekend, huh? Yes, Beautiful good morning, weekend, right? Yeah, it's unbelievable. I, you know, I want to jump right into the med talk because I kind of agree with some things you guys said. And, and and I kind of have some questions and 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 if I may ask my question first, Mr. Mojo. Yeah, shoot, go for it. How many times have we seen over the course of our combined, uh, we have to be 
at least 90 years of watching baseball, combined the three of us, have you seen a, a successful move of an older player from one position to another position? I'm so, sorry, say that again? My, my, how many times has, a, has, a, has an aged player successfully moved from his primary position to a secondary position in comparison to how many times a player has attempted to move and it never really worked out? My, my oh, I agree. Is, it don't really work my, out my, much. My, I agree. My, my point is, I don't, at this point, I really, I like David Wright. I think he's a good person. I think he's a great Met, an all-time great Met. Um, I don't necessarily believe he belongs on the ball field anymore. And I'll tell you why. If he accepted, or, and, and maybe it's going on and we don't know about it, but if he accepted a lesser role, a platoon role, a guy that's, you know, playing once in a while, you know, to add that spark, to add that, you know, uh, you know, back coming off the bench, I'd say, okay, that's fine. But a guy in his physical condition taking – you know, thinking that they can survive a 162-game season and an organization who basically is planning for him or semi-planning for him to, to play a 162-game season because they don't have a true backup is just ridiculous to me. Well, they know they got Reyes there, and I would think deep down they really want Reyes there every day. They just don't want to hurt Wright's feelings. And a guy like Wright, a guy like Wright, he's too proud. He's never going to step aside. You know what I mean? Would you agree, Alan? Uh, like, he wants to say, I'll step aside and not play. Yeah, not, right? not until he's to the point where he can barely walk. Then, you know, he's, he'll take himself out. But it'll be that point. I mean, don't get me wrong. Wright's the type of guy, I think, that if he was done and he couldn't play, he, would, he wouldn't just take the, He wouldn't stay around just for the money. I think he legitimately well, still wants to try to play. The problem is yeah, I don't think he's capable of it anymore. I, I understand trying to play, and I understand, you know, that, that he's at minimum capacity. So you're talking about a guy that you know, three years ago when he was semi-healthy wasn't the best defensive player, lost some of his skills offensively. Now you're talking about a guy that's three years older, you know, banged up pretty good, had – Pretty serious injuries going on. You know, physically his body took a toll. I mean, what are the Mets actually telling him? And my point is, when we brought um, Loney in last year, right, professional first baseman, I thought very solid glove. I thought the beginning of his tenure with the Mets, very solid bat. Even towards the end, he got the hit when you needed once in a while. He got some big hits. It's a big advantage to have a true first baseman. It really is. Even if it's a James Loney-type guy that's a solid defensive guy and can sometimes get a hit once in a while. He's a big advantage over having a David Wright at first base that really probably can't produce offensively what Loney, Loney or Loney-type player can. And definitively, he's the defensive player he is. And you have to remember, too, we're not, we're not a subpar team that you say, okay, you let, him, you know, you let Wright fool around because it doesn't matter anyway. We're a sub-500 team. And we're just going to flow through this season. We should be, you know, Competing. shooting for the fast ring. We should be a championship caliber team. It shouldn't be acceptable. You know what I'm saying? It's different if we were a team that was a sub-500 team. You say, okay, you know, let David Wright do it. Let's see what happens. We'll adjust. Maybe we could be okay and we could get to 500. You know, it's fine. It's not that type of team here. We're going for it all. 
Well, listen, they're not, they're not, they're not going to replace. They're not going to get a long-term first baseman this year because Smith, Dominic Smith, their guy. They're going to go with him. I they're going to get him a chance, and he looks like a great glove, and he can hit. So my point is, why not just give him the chance now? Why not just give him the chance? Well, but but but, but I'm but I agree with you. But I'm I mean, they're deep now. They're deep, so they're not going to do it because they got deep teams. They got guys they can move around. You know, Reyes has got to be in the lineup. The team, the team's not going to function offensively without him. I'm telling you, they need him to set the table on the top of that order. With who? Reyes. Reyes has to play. Oh, yeah. well, he has to play. Okay. So now, Alan's right. Yeah. You can't play Reyes seven days a week because you're going to break him down. Man. That you can't do. I agree with that 100%. But he should be playing four or five days a week, four or five days easy every week he should be playing. Okay, where? Where? He's going to play third. They're going to move him around. You know, Cabrera's going to get rest. Cabrera gets banged up a lot. Walker's going to get – all these guys are going to get rest. They even got Reyes playing well, in the outfield. He's going to be playing some outfield, too. I don't know. I don't know about that either. Look, uh, Reyes is an athlete, though, so I actually would trust Reyes because he's more of an athlete. He's athletic. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think he'll, he'll be decent any infield position, you know, minus first base. I think he could play third, short, or second base. And it would he be a disaster. He's being the ultimate team guy, Reyes, right now. Reyes wants to play anywhere. He's just happy to be on the back on the mat, Reyes. He just wants to be here. He'll play anywhere they put him. I, I understand but, what you mean, but I'm not. I'm not. First of all, I think the, the Mets defensively. Let's just talk defensively here. Are flawed almost uh, completely around every position. And the corner. That is true. Uh, that is true. That is true. No, Cabrera and Walker. I don't. I don't even know. Do, do we have Walker a and Cabrera are probably their two best defensive players. And Cespedes is okay, but he, you know, he's not great, but he's not bad. Cespedes. Do the Mets have a top ten defensive player on the field today? Probably not. In, in any position. Cabrera had a good year defensively last year, but I don't overall Cabrera's never been known to be a great defensive player. Absolutely. I think Walker I think Walker's a pretty good defensive second baseman though. You also have you also have Walker you had a back injury. Okay, that's what I'm saying. But the the thing about the Mets I'll give them, they do have depth. They have outfielders, backup good out they have these good backup outfielders and they have good backup infielders. So I think the Mets have depth. I just think first base and catcher are the two worrisome spots that they don't really have backups for. You know, yeah, like you said, and that's I, what Flores is first. But Flores, too. Flores ain't a first baseman. So you're going to have the same no, issue I agree. there, you know? I, I don't like Flores so, at first base. I don't. I agree. I, I also really still... Listen, I expect big things. Point. We all expect big things. You know what I mean? We all expect big things. And the Mets are going to compete. As long as the pitching's healthy, the Mets are going to contend. I mean, the Mets made the playoffs last year with a completed team. You know, so right. the Mets have the talent to definitely make the playoffs. It's a question of uh, how far you're going to go. I mean, the, the Mets is not just making the playoffs. The Mets, the Mets are this year. We got we're looking to win a World Series. Like that's you know the window ain't going to be here forever with this pitching. You know, and we've seen last year how guys get hurt. How it can it can go, you know run right by you in a hurry. Everything you know, so you got to go for it when you go for it. And that's why I'm frustrated that they didn't address things. You know. Letting Weeders go to the Nationals to me when you could have had the guy and you needed him more than the Nationals needed him, you know, I'm not, you know, to me that bothers me. And well, you know, and Steve, actually, we were just talking about. It. I don't know if you heard. I'm sure you heard about it. You know, Duda already got two quarter zone shots on his on his hip. I mean, 
spring training. So he's, you know. Well, I think they're flawed all over the place defensively. I don't love the center field um, outlook. I really don't defensively. And, and to tell you the truth, you know, we, 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 we talked about in the past, and, and, and I don't know if you guys hit it, hit it on before, but our bullpen. Yeah. I mean, look at the two world, Look at the two teams that played in the World Series last year, and look at their bullpens, and look at how the Mets match up with their bullpens. Even though we have great starting pitching, it doesn't mean we're going to have great starting pitching every single time we get out there. You have two bad playoff or World Series games. We're in trouble because we don't have a bullpen that can save us. Well, especially you're talking about you're talking about losing your closer for a month here. Start the season too. Yeah, I mean it's it's a big to, to me it's 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 a huge problem that that, that many are understating. So in my mind, and, and and you guys tell me, I think catches a, a question mark. Third base, first base, center field, back of the bullpen. You got five in the back of the bullpen. I'm not going to go to the middle of the bullpen because I'm assuming you're going to put some of the young arms, maybe Wheeler, maybe Lugo, maybe Gazelman. In the bullpen to shore that up, and, and, and maybe they'll matriculate. Well, the I back think of the I gotta be too, honest. But... I think from everything I'm hearing, and you know how he's looked in spring training, it's pretty much Wheeler's job to lose the fifth spot. So Wheeler is going to be that fifth starter as long as he's healthy. Because they say he looks great right now. Not saying how long that's going to last, <laughs> but they're saying Wheeler looks great right now. So. So, we'll see. So, we'll so right see. now, you know, so you're looking at Giselman and Lugo. Look, let me let me just say, you're looking at Giselman and Lugo in the pen, playing long relief most likely. Then you have guys like Smoka, Robles, Blevin, Salas, and then Reed and Familia. Obviously, Familia suspended. That, I'm not jumping up and down about this bullpen. I'm really not. Well, here's a, here's a question to Doctor Ray. What yeah. do you feel is the best? Starting rotation for the Mets, the top four. Forget about the fifth. Forget well, about we know the fifth. The starting rotation, the top four is pretty much. Yeah, the top four yeah. is pretty much set. I don't even think it's an issue. The top four. I mean, you got Syndergaard. You got. I'm sorry, I cut you off, Alex. But you got Syndergaard. Oh, and you got DeGrom, Syndergaard, the Harvey, and Matt. are all automatic. There's nothing. The only thing stopping any of those four is an injury. I mean, those four are in the rotation, no matter what. So you know, yeah, the, the, the order of them isn't even that important. They're all good. There's nobody that can threaten any of those four guys. There's nobody that can threaten any of those four guys and keep them out of the rotation. How is Harvey looking? They say Harvey looks great. He's in great shape. He's got, he's got his demeanor back. So that's a good sign. I mean, we'll see what happens when he starts pitching, you know, but – so far, so good with the starting pitching. It looks good. Yeah, it's like, what are you looking for in the spring? Did they look healthy? Did they come in in shape? And it's like, dude, is the only red flag, to use that expression. We're not hearing about Harvey getting a shot or Wheeler getting any shots. We're hearing what you would hope to hear at, at this point, that they're physically fine. They're not straining anything. They're not babying, you know, any or anything like that. So right now, for right now, the pitching staff looks good. Dude is the real problem. Yeah. Duda, Duda, Duda and Darnell to me are the big holes with the bullpen right now. But we'll see. Yeah. Listen, maybe he, they surprise us. 
Maybe it's on well, back. I don't have faith in it, but maybe it happens. Uh, you know. Bullpens are an odd, an odd thing. Not so much your closer. You always want to have a solid closer, but the guys in between, on you know, across baseball, like they they bounce from team to team often, and they they fit and they have a good year or two, and then they kind of go backwards. It's it's really hard to say. Hey, I got names. This is going to be a great bullpen because I don't find a set of guys to have consistent careers like that. The ones that do become closers. Right, if if you're that good in the seventh or eighth inning, you'll eventually become a closer if you're shutting it down. Well, so when I you look at seventh and eighth inning, guys bounce around. It's it's hard to I say it. You got that. There's the, the, the mentality to coming in the sixth, seventh inning, or the eighth inning, a mentality to come in the ninth inning, and you have to have that mentality to 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 come in in the ninth inning. I do, you know, and I right. think the it's the a, it's the a mental toughness. Different. The ninth inning is different, but prior to that. I think it's hard for any team to really say, oh, our bullpen's good. They're all going to be good. Because what I see in seventh and eighth guys is they bounce from team to team in general. They have a good year or two, and it doesn't mean they're going to have a good career at it. You know, Reed was exceptional. Does that mean he's going to be exceptional again? Was he exceptional his whole career? You know, as a setup guy? Yeah, listen, I see that seventh and Teams, guys yeah, bounce around for the seventh inning all over the place, team to team, trying to find their rhythm, their groove, and they usually get one or two good years, and that's it. So that that's a really hard hole to fill and be confident. You can have names, but it doesn't mean they're going to have a good year. Well, listen, the closer, year we, had, we had a bounce back year last year, you know? Yeah. Does you that know, mean he'll do it again? Two years before that, he wasn't that good. He bounced around a few teams. So... Look, right. I think he can hold it down for a month. I'm more worried about what's behind Reed than Reed himself. Now, let, listen, I, Reed, I don't think Reed's going to have as good of a year as he had last year. I don't expect it. I really don't. But I think he yeah, can yeah. hold it down. I think he's at least a reliable relief pitcher. I don't think after him they have much. That's my biggest worry. Yeah, but, yeah, but in the National League, the way it's constructed, the way that Nationals are constructed, can we really afford, you know, to take a, a five-game, six-game, seven-game backseat to them? You know, familiar gone. I mean, I don't think we're putting enough emphasis on 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 having two, meaning Reed and Familia, um, you know, eighth and ninth inning people. Uh, you know, I I think extremely important, especially in today's day and age, especially with our pitching staff that half of them get hurt. They're going to be, you know, cautious about. Harvey, he's not going to pitch deep into games. Match is always something going on. Wheeler was going to be cautious. So, so the bullpen is going to be used quite a bit early. You know, yeah, I, and that's I, the I'm thing, really... too. Like, you know, all these pitches are coming off injury. It ain't like they're going to be pitching eight, nine innings a game. No. These guys are going to be pitching the... five, six innings to start, a lot of them. So, the, the bullpen's got to be needed. The yeah, Mets really need to hold a guy like Tidelman. They must really need to hope a, a guy like Giselle Mid or Lugo turns into a really Lugo. good relief pitcher, right? A, They're going to need one of those guys a, to turn into a really good relief pitcher. That's what they need. Or as both. a coach, as a coach both, you don't yeah. ever want to make a decision. As a coach, you don't ever want to make a decision, well, Harvey's at his fifth inning and we only want him to do five, but the bullpen's really shaky. Let's see if we can get another inning out of him. Early on in the season, especially with Harvey and, and, and some of these guys that were injured, you really 
you shouldn't be making those decisions. It should be automatic. Yeah, listen, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how that takes up. Yeah, yeah. Except the clueless Terry. <laughs> Here we go again. A new season, a new mojo. Okay, get it. Hey, it will it will be up to him. It, it, it'll be his call to say, let's see what the bullpen yeah, can do. I'll push this guy another inning. That's what totally on him. What I'm saying, though, it's a no-win situation. If you take a pitcher out that looks strong, but they're, 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 they're you know, coming off an injury, so you don't want him to pitch so much, and you put a guy in, he gets lit up, we're only going to see the guy getting lit up and the guy sitting that possibly could have pitched another inning. Right? I don't think it's a no. I don't think it's a win-win situation in any in any way. You know, and yeah, I think you're, what you're looking at putting you, Harvey. You're looking at putting Harvey out there for that sixth inning, or or going to like a, a Hansel Robles at that point. And you know what? I'd rather retire Harvey than Hansel Robles. But the Mets can't risk an injury, so they're going to have to go to Hansel Robles for that spot. Yeah, I know, but, 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 like but logic, logic states, logic states. You know. That, that us as fans watching the game, it's all about the W. We're going to be screaming and shouting and saying, geez, Harvey looks so good for five innings. What are we doing? You take, you're take getting this banana in there and they're planting one in the seats. Right? And that, that's it. I'm just saying that it's tough to manage when you have pitches that are coming off of injuries. And to add to that, you don't have a very strong bullpen. I think it's just, it just it, 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 it's making the game a lot more innings than it needs to be, if you know what I mean, decision-wise. Yeah, they're, they're going to know how strong these guys are and how much they have. I'm sure, you know, if Harvey's, if it's May and Harvey's looking great and it's like the Harvey of old, then Harvey's going to be pitching longer, you know. It's really a question. We're not going to know. The problem is with, with Harvey's injury, you're just not going to know until he's out there throwing. He lo- everything sounds great right now. And I think he's fun. He's in great shape too. He's in great shape. Look at him. Look at Harvey last year, right? He wasn't quite himself, but we kept putting him out there and putting him out there and saying another start. He needs to pitch his way out of this. No pitching his way out well, of it. Well, I also think last year he was the big tease. And, and I tell you from this perspective, and, and, and tell me what you guys think. I mean, last time we seen him before last season. He was coming off the mound in one of the most courageous pitching performances I've ever seen, which he lost in the World Series, right, coming out for that ninth inning. And we all had that image of him last year when he took the mound and took the ball. Now, I think half of his starts, or, or let's say 35% of his starts were horrific. The other half weren't that, that bad. He didn't go deep into games, but it wasn't that bad. If he was a fifth starter, you'd say, okay. Well, there was a point. No, there was one point in the season he was pretty bad last year. He got bombed to like eight, eight nine straight starts in a row. Remember? Right. Well, and he had between Well, I think the worst thing of it all was his velocity was really down last year, right? His velocity was tanking in the toilet. And I think that was a, a major sign. Yeah, but yeah. Also, also, it's shame on Harvey. He said he couldn't feel his fingers for weeks. He never told anybody. I mean, really. Right? Yeah. No, yeah. You know. He might go, remember, I remember it came out and he said, it's been a little bit. I can't feel my fingers. I mean, I mean, you're a pitcher. You can't feel your index finger of your pitching hands and you don't tell anybody. <laughs> you continue to pitch. I mean, you, you, 
it's like it's like a baddest thing. I really can't take a full swing, but I thought I was okay. I mean, you got to be kidding me, right? Or a catcher no, saying, I really, I really can't reach second base, but I, I give it a go anyhow. <laughs> I mean, you, can't, you you just, you know, as a professional athlete, you have to know your body and be able to admit it. And, and maybe one of the biggest detriments to Harvey is his ego. I don't know. But we all love it. So it's, it's hard to, you know, you know we're, 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 we're kind of condemning him for something we all love, right, the swagger. Oh, we all love him to bounce back. We know what his potential is. That's really what it comes down to. Yep. You're looking at like a off-field pitching staff where he has the potential to be the guy, really, between him and Syndergaard. But I would give both being 100% healthy, I would think you'd go with Harvey. Uh, I think that's a a difficult conversation. I don't know. It is. I don't know if you'd go with Harvey. That's what I'm saying, 100% healthy. Um. I don't know. Syndergaard developed that, that, that slide yeah, away. It depends with Harvey. If you were getting that Harvey from three, two, three years ago, yeah. But the thing is, is that, you know, Harvey used to pitch. It was it was it used to be an event. Remember Harvey Day? I mean, it was like the best day for a yeah. Mets fan um, when Harvey pitched, you know? You so wanted to Mets be there. Get that back. And we all know Syndergaard's the son. If the, and DeGrom is the son. I mean, Listen, if, if, if Syndergaard, DeGrom, and Harvey pitch most of their starts, 25 or more starts each, the Mets are going to be in the playoffs. I mean, they are. They're, those are just three. Those are three top pitches, you know. The question right. is, are they going to stay healthy? <laughs> and Max is another guy who's got all the potential, but he gets hurt all the time. I mean, when you look, potential doesn't mean anything. It's actually what you do on the field, right? We've seen it time and time again, but – I tell you, it definitely gets you excited about, you know, the start of baseball when you really have five pitches that that really could be dynamite at any time. At any time, you know, they take the ball, right? I mean, it really is incredible. Well, Wheeler, too, we got to see, right? Because, like, I know Alan always talked about Wheeler, too. Like, and we talked about, like, he always had command issues, right, Alan? So now how is he going to come after two years off What's his command going to be like, you know? Yeah, really, his, the Mr. Potential. The guy for the Beltran the Belt- trade. The Beltran trade that keeps giving, right? <laughs> well, I also I also think, too, if everybody's healthy, you might have some opportunities for a trade to shore up one of the positions that surely is going to go south, things we just mentioned, third base, catcher, first base, center field, bullpen. You're going to have that ability. If all of them come out and pitch pretty well, I mean, maybe if Wheeler pitches three or four or five good starts and, and he looks good, maybe it's time to, you know, cash in. I don't know. I think I they're going to be reluctant trade. to trade. I think they're going to be reluctant to trade any of the pitching because I think they're worried. They want to have the backup in case anybody of these guys get hurt. Yep. Well, so I don't think me, you're going to see the match trade pitching. Look, yeah, they didn't think, move any of them last year. I would expect the same. Unless they're getting back. Yeah, unless they're getting pitching back. I don't, I don't think we could survive multiple injuries to us starting pitching. However, if one guy goes down, I think we have enough fill-ins to fill in the fifth spot. I do. Oh, we have two, and Gazelman and Lugo, right? Exactly. And especially especially the way the, the, the schedule's constructed early on in the year, you could actually go with four starters if you wanted to. 
you know, there was a rumor that they may go with six starters. There's a rumor they may go with six starters to start the year and keep Giselle Man in the rotation. Well, that was my idea for last year to give Harvey a little bit and, and these guys a little more warm-up period. I said for the first two months they should go with a six-man rotation, but you, you also don't know what a lot the of these guys. Is. A lot of these guys don't like to do it. They don't like to. Yeah, a lot, you don't know what the de- you don't know what the detriment is to the other guys because sometimes they'll have six, seven, eight days off. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. It's an interesting conversation. What do you guys? What do you guys think about the new rule? What do you guys think about the new intentional walk rule that now you don't have to throw the four pitches? You just put up four fingers and the guy goes to first base. I think it's meant to save time. time. It's meant to save time. It's meant to cut the game shorter. That's what it's meant for. It's ridiculous. How much is it really cutting the game shorter? I mean, really? What are you talking about? A minute? Two minutes? How so many people like walking the whole game? So you don't In like a it. minute? I think it's ridiculous. It's part of the game. You, you had you look. You had some of the the tension moments of our life as Mets fans as Armando Benitez. Wheel back to throw an intentional, uh, intentional pitch, and he threw it right over the plate. I mean, yeah. I mean, to me, that's part of baseball. You have to throw those four pitches. It takes a toll on the arm. It takes some accuracy. Maybe it takes some practice. Whatever you got to do it. I think that's ridiculous. What do you think, Alan? Yeah, I got. Yeah, I got to agree with that. It, it's part of the game. I know they want to speed up the game, but two things happen every time there's an intentional walk. Sometimes they can miss, right, throw a ball away. But for a lot of pitchers, after they do that, they have a little hard time getting back in the strike zone. And that's part of the game. And it makes, you know, one pitcher better than another pitcher. Some guys can throw so, an intentional walk and throw three straight strikes. Some guys lose the strike zone altogether after an intentional yeah. walk. And you're pulling that out of the game. Great point, Dr. I got, I got a last one for you, too. I mean, what will it come down to if you're pitching around the guy and you pitch two balls he's not going for? You put two fingers up and then he walks to first base too because you don't intend to throw to him anyway. I mean, what happens? Like, how does this? How does this? What's the progressive nature of it? I think it's 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 silly. I think there's other ways, you know, to uh, to speed to, up uh, the game. Speed up the game. Um, uh, you know, well, another way they were talking about speeding up. So basically, you know, when a relief pitcher, you know, he warms up, he's warm when he comes out of the bullpen, but they make him come out and throw eight pitches or whatever from the mound. Throw four. They're trying to, they're trying to get rid of those eight pitches, but they're saying the so pitches yeah, want it, but they got to get used to the mound or whatever. But I say, I say, throw four. That's and then you, and then you're gaining yeah, four pitches. three or four, and you're probably yeah, three or four. You're probably, enough. you're probably impacting the game more not more by by a fake intentional walk than taking away the four pitches from a – and it's the same four pitches, the four pitches from a relief pitcher. It's and true. you're changing yeah. – you're bringing – and you're bringing a relief pitcher a lot more than you do an intentional walk during the game. That would be my guess. I'm not sure, but that would be my guess. I don't see that many intentional walks in a game. Maybe you have three. I mean, you have more than three relief pitchers in a game. You talk about both sides. Yeah, no, you, you just never get three in one game. Very rarely you would get three. So, to me, it's a stupid rule. But, look, guys, I have to run because I have a game soon. Um, Have a wonderful day, and I want to uh, make a shout-out to my uh, Midland Park Lady Panthers. We're firmly in second position now, second place, in in a a nine-team league. And uh, today we're going, we're playing the third-place team, 
for uh, really uh, dominant second place position. If not, we will uh, we'll basically be tied. So, uh, very interesting well, afternoon luck. we have in front of us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a good, good one. Luck. Have yeah, a good, good luck. Time. And tell me about it tomorrow. We'll do. We'll be listening. Bye bye. All right, man. Thanks for calling. Hi, Dan. Joining us, Alan. Yep. You still there, right? Yeah, I'm here. So I see, you know, Conforto's off to a hot start, but you've seen, uh, I've seen a rumor that said before the Mets signed Cespedes, they had a deal that they would have, if they didn't sign Cespedes, they would have traded Conforto to Detroit for J.D. Martinez. I don't like that. I wouldn't have liked that at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, Martinez is a good power hitter, but, I would, you know, you can do a big payday. You know, you have a young kid here. I wouldn't have did that. I mean, thank God they signed Cespedes, obviously. Yeah, Cespedes is the fit for this team in our overcrowded outfield with no specialty in center field. That's that's the outfield situation, right? Yeah. It's overcrowded, and there's nobody that's really a star at center unless Lagaris kind of bounces back, but that's too big of an if for me. He's not going to play every day anyway, right? So, Yeah, I would kind of like to see Conforto show some power, kind of work his way in and push Granison out. You know, it's like yeah. Granison, yeah. because of what he's been doing, is clutch, and that's how I would describe his hitting, has been clutch. But what would really be best for this outfield is someone to beat him out, you know, to outplay him and earn the time. He, I mean, you're looking at a good chance. And there's a good chance Anderson and Bruce both ain't on this team next year because they're both free agents. So there's a good chance neither of them are back. So Conforto is going to have a spot next year regardless, right? Right. You would think. So you want him to have some playing time. You got, you're got. still trying to yeah. still trying to figure out exactly what you got in Conforto. Not great defensive, yeah. a little slow on the bases, but his hitting seems to sh- show a lot of potential. You know, when does he cross that line? Do you want to hold on to a guy for three years, watch him go to another team and bat 320 and hit 30 home runs, you know, because he was yeah one yeah. season from a breakout year? You know, they got to yeah. be careful with him. Unless they decide he's not going to be the guy, you don't want to groom him all that time and get rid of him in his breakout year. That that would be like a shame. Especially with Bruce and Granderson on their way out, per se. Yeah, I don't see them keeping either one of them. They're not going to sign. Bruce probably can't wait to get out of here. And you, you know, Grand, unless Granderson takes a really cheap deal, yeah, I don't see him coming back. The only way Bruce is going to be happy is a winning team. You know, players are happy when they're winning, per se. So if the well, Mets listen, if he struggle, 35 he's going to be miserable. The Mets, if 35 to 40 homers and the Mets win the World Series, yeah, then there's a chance he can come back. But that's a, those are probably the only types of scenarios. Right. Where Bruce is Where back. he feels, hey, you know? winning here, it's fun. If they struggle, yeah, he's going to be miserable. But he did say that he loves the team. He loves the, you know, the locker room. He loves everybody on the team. You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, you know how it is here in New York. You produce, the fans will love you. So if he turns it around, the fans will love him, you know. Right. Getting clutch hits. He gets clutch hits, wins a couple of games for them, all of a sudden everything changes. And Piazza yeah, absolutely. Was first, fans were booing Piazza the first two months he was a Met. Right. You know, so any, anybody could get booed. So, 
we'll see what happens there. But it's good, you know, it's good to just see baseball back. I mean, yesterday we watched some of it. Today they were on TV again. They're on Channel 11 today. Then I watched that at one. Yeah, I caught, a, I caught a little bit of it yesterday. And I saw the score and I was like, wow, it was like seven to one at the time. And then they got three runs in. I caught the inning. They got three runs in by walks. Yeah, I know. Bases loaded walks. I was like, ugh. Yeah, Harper hit a bomb in that game. You see the home run? Who hit it? Harper hit a bomb. No, I didn't see it. Hey, he's bound to have a bounce back here, no? Yeah, you would definitely think. But they got some, I guess they they got some issues too, like Scherzer's hurt. So, you know, Strasburg's coming off injury, so they need their pitches healthy too, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I would think it, I think it's going to be a Washington Met battle in the NL East. You would think uh, for the yeah. division, and I, I would think the yeah. other team. I would think whoever, whichever one of them don't win the division, the other one would probably get a wild card. I would guess get one of the wild cards. Right. We'll see if the Mets so. take a step forward this year. Yeah. You know, being healthy does it for them. Confidence, health and confidence. We we might we might see Dominic Smith as our first baseman by the end of the year. We very well might. I really like the Rosario, the shortstop. This kid's going to be a star. It looks like. Mm -hmm. He has all he has all the tools. Well, he could easily move in there. And when Wright's done, well, next year Cabrera could be gone. So Cabrera could be gone yeah. after this year. So he might be there next year, and we may even see him this year. Mm-hmm. So before I hey, let you go, to see you, young, I want to ask players. you about. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I was just saying, it's good to see some young players with potential, you know, in in their minors. Especially, yeah, offensively, right? Yeah. Yeah, especially offensively. Yeah, so with with our free agency coming, switching to to football with you for a second, uh, what do you think Steelers, what do you think they're going with? I see James Harrison wants a multi-year deal. He wants a two-year deal. Do you see that happening there with Pittsburgh? You know, they they love him as a player and what he brings to the locker room. Two-year deal might be asking a lot. You know, so I I don't know. the, The the Steelers, it, it's tough. I'm, I'm hoping next year their offense is back. Maybe show up a couple of defensive spots between free agency and a draft. But I, I almost stay away from it at this point because everywhere I look is a mock draft. They need this. They should get that. And this is the one they're looking for. And it's like 90% of it's not going to happen. You know, it's, it's closer to draft that you, you get the reality. You start to see what teams are actually going to pick. Right now, it's, yeah. it's so it's so out there. You just read blogs. Well, you're not going to know who people are going to draft until free agency clears, and then you'll know what's going to go on in the draft because you address certain needs in free agency, and then you change your draft strategy, you know? Exactly. So it all, it's like it all I, I read this stuff now, and it's like, I don't know. Gotta say they're talking about Revis on one block. Should they get him? Like, he's kind of done. But... You know, uh, who knows? People just throw well, it. Even some gun issues. 
And now he knows he's going to have to take a big pay cut, so wherever he goes, he's going to get a lot less money. So it ain't like you're going to have to pay Revis $20 million like he used to get, you know, to get him. But he got in trouble in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, that's the funny thing, right? He got in trouble in Pittsburgh. Yeah, now, yeah they're going to bring him in. I, I don't know about that. They have enough problems. I mean, the, he should just work something out and stay with the Jets, in my opinion. Now the Jets caught Mangold, which is another surprising move by the Jets. You know, you trade Mangold. Basically, your, your best offensive lineman go. Yeah, why would they do that? Other than the, the he's Jets. like one of their faces in their franchise, that guy. Yeah, it makes no sense. I, you know, they bid it for the same cap money, I guess. But, I, I mean, hmm. I, I I don't get it. <laughs> it's, it's Sometimes it's mind-boggling with the Jets still, so and now they're looking at Jay Cutler, so that's why they're the Jets. Yeah. All good the for the Jets Dolphins. Be looking, so I can tell you. Yeah, well nothing's gonna be good for the Dolphins until uh until you no know, uh Brady retires. <laughs> right. That'll turn around. The free agency yeah, well, I don't know when there's a lot of players out there, so I don't even know when Brady's gonna retire. Guy's a machine at quarterback. I mean, he don't even look like you know, no part of not 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 even a a, a whimper of slowing down here. So I, you know, you know, it's, I, it's I mean, way early, but don't you make them the pick for the AFC again? Like oh, yeah, man, somebody shows something, and this team's on the verge. I think the Raiders make big steps. I think the Steelers, Martavis Bryant will be competing, but until somebody bumps them and actually gets the home field and has a better season. They're the pick, you know, barring any Brady's out for the year injury type thing happening, and they would be the favorite going in. Yeah, they plus they're going to have Gronkowski back next year, too. So, yeah. And the ticket sale, I mentioned last week, they have $66 million in cap room, New England. So they could go get whoever they want. You know, yeah, they're, they're a very well-managed franchise. That's all you could say about them. They know, they know what they're doing in that area. Their defensive line and offensive line combined are making $17.5 million. That is insane. That goes to show you right. how good yeah. they are at dra- drafting and developing players because, you know, when you don't have to, you know, usually in those lines, you've got to spend a lot of money to have good lines. Right. Because even Dallas, you know Dallas what? drafted that great line, but now they got to sign all these guys. So they're going to be all making a lot of money. Right. You know what it is? It's believing in a system. They have a system that they've stuck with. They fully believe in it. And I I would presume, because the Steelers kind of do this similar, but the Patriots are doing it better. You look at who fits your system best and who will shine in your system rather than this is the best guy and he won't be so great in your system. They plug guys in and out that work well in their system. You look at the wide receivers. If you're looking at them on their own, I want to say, you know, Julio Jones is on the, in that lineup, you know, as a physical specimen. But they get guys that play in their system well, and that's more important. Yeah, it just seems like whoever they shuffle in, just, you know, it's like they don't lose a beat no matter who they put in there. Yeah, that that is exactly, you know, what it is. So they're, they're good at finding guys that fit, you know, and that's something the league got to consider. If you're a team that's 
changing what you're doing all the time, bringing in different coaches all the time. You really can't do that, but you have the same coach all this time. You believe in his system, draft guys for his system. Yeah. And, like, they're, they're shouting it out, hey, this works. You know, other teams it lose a guy like Gronkowski, it cripples them, right? I think another contender loses a player like Gronkowski, it cripples them. New England, it's just like, boom, just next guy up, you know, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, he's he's it's not crazy. like an average guy. You're talking best tight end in the league, probably, biggest yeah. impact player in a game. Lose him and still win, still win a Super Bowl. It it says a lot. It does. It really does. And like you said, it just shows you how well run they are, an organization, just from top to bottom. You know. Yeah. The fl- the late gates and the spy gates aside, right? Yeah, I mean, Gruntowski is the, the, the one guy on their offense, you know, besides Brady, that I would say he's a physical specimen. He's, he can do things other tight ends can't do. In great hands, runs downfield, great block. He really doesn't have a weakness if you see him play. But the rest of their offensive players, a good running back, good wide receivers. But they play that system, and their timing with Brady is spot on. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, Gronk is the exception on that team, in my mind. Where as soon as you see him, like, oh, this guy's a star. He'd be yeah. good on any team. The rest yeah, of their guys, I, I can't say they'd be good on any team. They're good in the system they're playing. Yeah, because how many guys did they get from other teams that weren't good until they got there? <laughs> so. That's exactly it, yeah. It's scary. It really is. And it's scary to think that this guy's 40 and he's not even slowing down. <laughs> it's not making it easy for the rest of the AFC. You're going to have to have yeah. a stellar year without injury in order to beat them. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I mean, listen, over the next few weeks, we're going to see what these teams adds, pre-agency, and then we'll head into the draft and all that, you know, the mocks. I, you know, like you said, I can't even look at mocks for like at least until after free agency because it, right now it's just speculation and it, it's like, all right, who who who's the good players coming out? Who's the best players in every position? And let's see where we can put them. Nobody knows. Nobody knows who's going where, who's drafting who right now. You know, there's nobody that knows right. that. So they didn't even have the combine yet. So. Yeah, combine you know, is com- big if you want. The combine is still really... happen, so. Yeah. So. All right, Mojo, right. I'll let you go. Yeah, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it, sure. as always. And we'll be yep. told we'll talk more next week. All right. Have a good one. All right, man. You too, man. Bye. Enjoy your weekend. Bye. Thanks. Alan, Alan from Old Bridge calling in, talking to Mets, him and the Padman, a little Met roundtable, and uh, doing a little football as well, great little segment. I also want to talk, before I switch gears, I do want to just talk about the Yankees for a minute. So, looking at the Yankees right now, you have Gary Sanchez, obviously, the catcher. Well, he, you know, obviously, he's not going to do the pace he did last year, but you still get 20 plus, 20 to 25 homers, you're happy. And, you know, he looks to be the part of a stud. We'll see. Hopefully, he don't have a sophomore jinx. But I, I think he's going to be fine. Then, first base is looking like Greg Bird. You probably have Chris Carter in there, too. I think if Bird's healthy, they want to give the kids a chance. I think he'll get a shot. We'll see if he stays healthy. Or if Carter's just hitting home runs, of course, he's going to play. Obviously, Stalin Castro and Didi in the middle. 
Then you have Headley third. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a big Headley guy, but he's going to be he's going to be there. They got some good young players, Yankees, Torres, and, you know, in the infield. So we'll see if they're, they're going to get some playing time. Then you have Gardner, Ellsbury, and Judge. It looks like it's going to start with Holiday at the DH. You got Hicks as a backup, at, you know, outfielder. So we'll see what happens there. The rotation, Tanaka, Pineda, Sebastian, Severino. Then you have Warren, Green, Sessa. So somebody, we'll see who's going to get these bottom spots in that rotation. But you know Tanaka, Pineda, Sebastian, and I think Severino are probably all going to most likely be in a rotation. Then they have a solid, <clears throat> solid bullpen. Obviously, one of the better ones, I think, Chapman with the chance of setting them up, clipping. Then after that, it's a little. So I guess they're not top just because after those three, they, it's a drop off. But I'm sure the Yankees will add to that, add some depth to that. Plus, a guy like Warren, if he don't make the rotation, will be in there as well. But they got guys like Tommy Lane, Chase Strave, Streevy, uh, Ben Hella, guys like that that are battling for the spots there. So, so the Yankees, I think, are, are more. You know, listen, they're going to always try to contend in the Yankees, but I think, you know, they've committed to this young turnover that they're, they're doing now, and, you know, they got great prospects. Let it play out. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Don't trade them away. <clears throat> Don't try to go for it this year because the Yankees ain't a World Series team. They definitely – you're not winning a World Series with the rotation they got. So you, you definitely need – they need to build that rotation up. So, but – They'll probably compete for a wild card, and, uh, you know, I'm sure if they're in the race, you know, the Yankees are always looking to make the move. So I wouldn't doubt them, you know, making the playoffs. But we'll see what happens. But definitely a lot of excitement around for Mexican Yankee fans, a lot going on, young, a lot of young players, a lot of expectations. That's looking definitely, you know, looking to win it all this year, I mean. You know, Harvey, actually, I seen Harvey on the show last night talking about, uh, doing an interview talking about in the locker room, it's like everybody just feels like they, it's a parade waiting to happen. I mean, I, yeah, they're only hoping, hopefully Harvey's healthy enough to, you know, help and try to back that up because, listen, you can talk all you want, spring training, it's nice, everybody's in first place right now. But, you know, you need to get through 162 grueling games, so we'll see what happens, but you know, you gotta like if, if the Mets are healthy, you gotta like their chances. And as a Yankee fan, you gotta like what you got. You know the direction you're going in. You know, I'm sure it's a nice, it should be a nice fresh breath there for some Yankee fans that, you know, you don't have to uh, buy every player. You know, you actually got some players, some trades, and homegrown that you can enjoy now. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But all right, I'm gonna take a quick commercial, and then I'm gonna come back. You know, phone lines are open for any talk, 718-508-9883. If you want to talk baseball, I'm going to talk about the NBA trade deadline when I come back and go through all the basketball stuff that happened this week. And then uh, in about a half hour or so, 40 minutes, uh, Mr. Berg will be joining us to give us the latest hockey rumors leading up to the deadline as well. So I'll be back in three minutes. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? 
Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from Holmes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. Welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. Uh, I'm finishing up almost into the second hour now. Obviously, today was a Sunday special. And uh, next week, we'll be back at a, I'll be back at the normal 10 to 1 Saturday morning slot. But uh, today, we're doing 1030 to 1 on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, let's move on. We did a lot of baseball already in the show. We were talking a lot of Mets, the Yankees. Did a little Met roundtable. Uh, went through some a lot of different stuff. And uh, so, I want to switch a little into uh, some NBA here. Look at the trade deadline passed, and uh, so before I get into the trade that happened deadline day, let's talk about the big deal, which was the uh, Marcus Cousins going to the Pelicans, and uh, it's a, a surprise deal. I mean, it came out of nowhere, as they had, you know, listen, we all knew there was a chance Cousins get traded, but then when Vladi Divac says Cousins ain't going nowhere, all of a sudden. You think, you know, and then, oh, Cousins about to sign a five-year, $209 million deal. So, 
everything's happy, everybody's happy, and then all of a sudden, right after the All-Star game, Cousins is doing an interview about the All-Star game and basically gets told the media and his agent right on the spot, right there on camera, gets told about the trade. And the reaction was classic. And, and uh, But it's a bright deal. Now, listen, you look at it from New Orleans. They got now two of the top big men in the league with Cousins and Anthony Davis together. I mean, that's, they can wreak havoc the years. Now they just need that guard. I know they like Drew Holiday. Me personally, if he's looking for Max Dollars, I'm not giving it to him. He's not that type of player. He's a good player, but he's not a great player. Wouldn't it be interesting is a former New Orleans Pelican is a free agent, Chris Paul. Imagine Paul goes back there now and sees the opportunity to go play with Anthony Davis and and Cousins, wouldn't that be instead of having a point guard like Paul playing with those two big men? That would be a dangerous team if that ever happened. Now, Paul obviously is aging, and he's not been healthy lately, but I would still do that if I was New Orleans. Now, I don't think Paul's going to leave the Clippers. Supposedly he has a verbal agreement with Doc Rivers already to stay there. Now, he could get five years, $200 million as well. So unless – Something happens with Doc Rivers left the Clippers, which doesn't look like anything like that's happening. I think that would be the only way Paul would leave. Then, you know, they have Griffin leaving as well now. An interesting thing is going to be, will they make a play for Carmelo in the offseason as well, the Clippers? So that whole thing will be taken care of. But as far as Cousins, listen, he was really pissed off. He called them, you know, cowards afterwards. You know, no hard feelings, but they, you know, he said no hard feelings, but they're cowards. And, uh, for how they did it. And listen, he's upset, you know, that they trained him. But listen, the Pelicans did so well in this trade, it's hard to it's hard to imagine why Sacramento would make this trade. You know, and they needed to put a star next to Anthony Davis, the Pelicans, there's no doubt about it. And they added it and they made him happy. But Kings did so terrible, and I mean, quality value. Listen, they got the first rounder, but losing a big like Cousins, you have to get a star, some kind of star young play. Listen, Buddy Hill's a good young play, and I like him, but you got to get more. You can't trade. You just can't trade him for that, for that return. It's just to me. To me, they set themselves back. You set yourself. I mean, Buddy Hield, Tyreek Evans, Langston Galloway a first and a second round pick for Cousins and Caspi. Now, Caspi got hurt and he got waived. But obviously the deal, you break it down, it's healed, Evans, a first and a second for Cousins. And to me, when you look at teams like that were offering three, four first rounders for Butler or Cousins, I would have rather took the four first rounders for Cousins than I took. I mean, for, for Cousins, if somebody was offering that. But, you know, great deal for the Pelicans. Give the Pelicans some credit and just a horrific move for the Kings, in my opinion. I'm a big Cousins fan. The guy's just one of the top big men in the league. So other trades that happened after that. So you had Corey Lakers got traded Lou Williams to the Rockets. Obviously a nice move for the Rockets. First game, Lou Williams had 27 points. was big in their win. They got Corey Brewer and a first, uh, you know, protected first-round pick the Lakers got in that deal. So Listen, Lou Williams is a free agent. I think, I think you have an option for next year, but they got a first rounder. Bro is a decent player, but Bro is just more of a role guy. But they get the first round pick for Lou Williams. So Lakers are rebuilding now with Magic Johnson. We didn't talk about that. Magic Johnson taking over the Lakers president. So Lakers hoping he can bring them back to the glory days. 
it'll be interesting to see how Magic does an exact as an exact. Supposedly, he was in serious talks for Paul George at the deadline with Larry Bird. That interesting. Now Magic and Berber to talk and trade. Now they can talk trade with Jordan. So you got these guys. I grew up watching great players. Now they're all talking trade and running teams. So be interesting to see what Magic does. But he got some good young talent to work with. And you know, listen, it's about time they fight. Boston, Club Check, and Lake is Lake of Land. So. To me, it's a good move because you got to just see. Now, Magic may not succeed. Is it? Nobody knows what he's going to be yet, at, you know, in this role. A lot to be determined, but it's definitely a popularity move. It definitely is. And, listen, they need something. Jeannie Buss finally made the move. And, got, and you know, so we'll see if the Lakers. Listen, you got to have faith in the Lakers. I bet you the Lakers win before the Knicks win at this point. So, because it's a different organization. Right, the, then another trade, the Wizards and the Nets. Nets trade, but Bogdanovich and McCullough to the Wizards for a first-round pick, Nicholson and Thornton. Now, I'm all for this deal for the Nets for getting the first-rounder, but why would they take Nicholson with a three-year deal back? The useless player at this point with a three-year deal makes no sense. And again, the Nets crushed themselves when they made that trade with Boston and without winning it. If they win the championship, you would have lived with it, but they didn't win the championship and they're paying. Now the Celtics were one of the top teams in the East, get a, get, probably going to have the first pick in the draft this year. And then they have the Nets pick next year, too. So it's just a terrible, terrible one. How do you trade? You know, I've never seen teams trade guys. You're trading for 35-year-old players and you give unprotected first-round picks up. I mean, it made no sense at all. Then you have the Hawks making a great trade. I thought with the Sixers getting Erson Ilisova for Splitter, who's been basically hurt all year, has to play in two second-round picks. So they get a stretch four, which definitely fits their offense, although the first two games out of the break, they haven't looked great. But they'll be one of the top five teams in the East, and uh, we'll see what happens in the playoffs. That trade I love for Dallas. Dallas getting Merlin's Noel from the 76ers for a future first-round pick. Andrew Bogan and Justin Anson. Bogan will be waived and most likely signed by a contender. And everybody heard my thoughts on these guys getting content, going to contenders. You know, I'm just not a fan of it. And uh, I think the buyouts is, is really just another flaw to get get good, great players to start teams, you know, top teams. And just another, just another, it's just a black eye type move for me for the NBA. Then uh, another deal, the Nets, the Nets, trade a future second-round pick to the Rockets for K.J. McDaniels to hoping they could get something out of him. He's a decent player. Second-round pick, you, you won't cry over. Nuggets get Roy Hibbert from the Bucks for a second-round, future second-round pick. Hibbert, how, how the mighty have fallen there. The Lakers get point guard Tyler Enos and Marcelo Hortis to the Rocket, Rockets. I think he's from overseas. Then Mike the Hawks sell Mike Scott for cash to Phoenix. Scott was out of the rotation this year. Guy, he contributed in years past. I wish him luck. I always liked Scott. This year, he's got a lot of legal problems going on and uh, facing felony charges and felony drug charges. So he got caught with drugs with his brother, and he took the blame. You know, Supposedly, it could have been his brother's, but he took the blame. His brother's supposedly an up-and-coming star athlete, so who knows what happened there, but he's moved on. Great trade for the Raptors. P.J. Tucker from the Suns. Suns get Sullinger and two second-round picks the next two years. Great trade. Nice defensive player. Glue guy. Tucker was a guy who wanted the Hawks. They got a good, good low, 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 uh, 
not a noisy move, but definitely a move that can help your team. You know, definitely coming off your bench, a nice player. And then a great trade I thought for the Thunder, getting Taj Gibson, Doug McDermott. They got a second-round pick. They traded Cameron Payne, Laverne, and Anthony Morrow. I like the deal for Thunder. I think it beefs them up a little for this year. And, uh, you know, you got to give them give them credit. They're trying to make a move here. You know, obviously they got an old-world talent in Westbrook. So, you know, definitely good moves. But looking at it, I'll say my winner, New Orleans is definitely a winner. I say Toronto did good with P.J. Tucker. I thought Oklahoma City did really good, like I just said. So Dallas did good getting Noel. And, you know, I thought the Hawks did good getting Ilyasova. And I thought the Pacers and the Bulls did good by just holding on to their guys, like Paul George and Butler. I thought the Knicks did bad, obviously. I thought Phil Jackson overplayed his hand and he ended up getting nothing. For anybody, you have to move some guys. I'm not saying you had to move Carmelo, but you have to move some guys. Derrick Rose should have been traded. They got greedy. He overplayed his hand, supposedly, in Minnesota. He was trying to squeeze more than Rubio for Derrick Rose, which is absurd that they would even ask for more. I think Minnesota wanted more than Rose. Uh, but anyway, the deal fell apart. It just shows you Phil Jackson's failures just keep rising up, in my opinion. I thought... Denver should have done more. I thought Denver didn't do enough. Obviously, I think the biggest loser was Sacramento. Obviously, they got traded. I thought Boston, I put them in the middle. Because Boston is a team that everything, they're on the rise. They got all these picks. They had a chance to maybe make a move this year. But they can't trade. You got eight picks in the next three, very first rounders in the next three years. You can't use all these picks. Why not make a move and try to get a star player, you know? That's the way to go, you know, to me. They, you know, they could have got Paul George or Butler or Cousins. Like, Philly Cousins was the guy. They could have traded that one of those top picks for Cousins. It would have been an unbelievable, unbelievable thing for Boston to get a guy like that. But I thought they, you know, and I, I, I you know, to me, that those were the real winners and losers at a deadline. But I thought, I thought some of these teams could have did more. I thought the Knicks should have definitely tried to accumulate a couple of picks, dump off some of these guys. And, uh, you know, like I said, the I think the, you know, the buyouts are ruining. And I, I think it's terrible that if there's trade down line, teams like the Cavs and Warriors could just get star players basically nothing because they get bought out and they pick them up for the league minimum. To me, it's a joke. And I think the all-star game is a joke. I think, uh, I think they need to uh, do something. I think they need to either play defense or don't play the game. Because watching that, the, the, the game's a joke. I won't even watch it next year. I mean, that's how much of a joke it is. So, but uh, another thing I want to bring up is the Oakley, the Oakley uh, Nick thing just something that, I mean, and now Oakley shows up at, at a Cleveland game sitting next to the owner of the Cats. Now, listen, people say, oh, he's get the hell out of here. That was all done spitefully. You, you're saying you love the Knicks, you want to be part of the organization. Obviously, you're having a riff with Dolan, but did you really have to go sit next to the owner of Cleveland when they were playing the Knicks? Come on. Yeah, now that's just, you know, everybody who feels bad or Oakley, they're just haters of Dolan because you can't feel bad. Oakley, bottom line is Oakley's a jerk. That's the bottom line, okay? And you're seeing it right now, what kind of person Oakley is. Okay, I, I, you know. I always I thought Oakley was always a good player. He was a hard nosed guy, you know. Not a great player, but definitely a good guy to have with your team physical. Right now, he's just not going to jerk. The bottom line, it's actually 
you know, if I'm the Knicks now, you know, Knicks are trying to do the right thing because the fans are in an uproar because the fans just hate Dolan. But you know what? I wouldn't even I wouldn't even want Oakley anything to do with the Knicks if I'm the Knicks now because he's disgrace he's disgracing them right now. Please. So enough of Oakley. Move on. Go away at this point. So, all right. So we're gonna soon we're gonna be having Mr. Burger come on. We're gonna talk some hockey. And. uh We'll be, you know, going through the trade deadline. Obviously, a lot of rumors. You got the, the the deadlines in a few days, three days away, actually, on Wednesday. It's, I think three or four o'clock. I think it's three o'clock Wednesday. So a lot, a lot there. And then, uh, so let me just. I wanted to touch on one other thing first. So obviously, I wanted to hook up some little NFL talk here. So, as well. So obviously, we talked about the Jets cutting Mangold, which was. In my opinion, a bad move for them. I didn't get it. But uh, what are the Jets going to do now? Are they going to go for Cutler? Are they going to go for a quarterback? Are they going to try just dump off their their assets and try to dump a little? Like what? Is, what is, what's, what's on the Jets' mind? That that's the big question. Why would they cut Mangle? What are they looking to do with that money? Are they looking to get a quarterback like Cutler? Like it, to me, it's just. Sometimes you just gotta wonder what they're even thinking. Sometimes I, you know, to me, I, I don't get it. But it's the Jets. Like I touched on before, the Giants. Really, their top focus really is JPP right now. I think, and then you'll start thinking if he don't sign, then maybe they'll go, they'll keep Hankins or something like that. So we'll see what happens there. But again, free agency is gonna give. Before the fans were even in their seats in a divisional. What the hell happened there? Anyway, I don't know what happened there, but anyway. So, yeah, like I was saying, so the Giants, JPP's top bank, top option. Obviously, if JPP left, I would think Hankins would be re-signed. But the question I had was, if JPP signs with a big deal, does that mean the Giants have to move somebody else because Giants got holes to fill. If they're giving JPP a lot of money, especially if they end up franchising, franchising would be the worst possible thing for the Giants because you tie up $17 million in there and you don't leave yourself much room to get anything else done. So that's going to be interesting to see, to see what happens there. And then, you know, obviously AP, Adrian Peterson, the Giants are going to make a move on him. I think if he ever hit, if, if Minnesota lets him go, there's going to be a bunch of teams. If the Giants want him, the Giants are going to have to pay. I don't think he's coming anywhere cheap, personally. So I, I think basically you're going to, you're looking at, you know, a team like it wouldn't shock me if a team like New England stepped in and they had Peterson with all that cap space and him looking to win a ring. You know, why wouldn't he go? Why wouldn't he go there to New England? I mean, if you're looking to win a ring next year, what better place to go? You know, at that point, so. But, listen, Giants will have a shot. I'm sure there's going to be a couple other teams that, that'll want them. And, uh, you know, there might be a team like uh, Tampa Bay. They've talked about possibly being interested in Houston. But Houston, I can't say they got Lamar Miller. They got Dallas, which is the most ridiculous thing. I why would Dallas? Why would you, when you have Elliott, there's no reason to even go near Peterson. And so that I, I don't see that happening at all. I, I, don't, I think that's just one of those media – Let's just get Dallas in, in the in the article. Let's just get Dallas's name in the article so Dallas fans click it. Because that honestly that's all that's all it sounded like to me. So So we'll see what happens there. They got guys like Goldstrom Jeffrey. I'm interested to see where Jeffrey's gonna end up. So another big big time receiver available. And then, you know, 
Like I was talking about the Jets for a minute too. Like, are the Jets going to get rid of Brandon Marshall? Are the Jets going to get rid of uh, Forte? So what's the plans there? I mean, I, these guys, I, I don't think these guys are going to want to stay there if they're planning on, you know, tanking. But I don't think Jay Cutler is the way to go either because then you're like still putting yourself in this middle. Like you're not going to, you're not going to make the playoffs, but you're not going to be bad enough to get a top pick. So why not just, Write out what you got and see what you got and go from there. I mean, that's the way to do it, you know? So, but we'll see what happens, obviously. Like I said, that's in two weeks. You got the combine next week, I believe, start. And then in two weeks, you got NFL free agency. And then you'll have a free-for-all, I'm sure, there for a while. And then after that, it'll slow down and start hearing mocks as it leads up to the draft at the end of April, so... And that's always exciting. We'll be doing a lot of having a lot of fun shows on here, you know, when, when that comes on. So that'll be a good time. But so that's it for football. So we're gonna switch into hockey in a moment with Mr. Berger. But before I do that, let's just I'm just gonna take a quick little uh, glimpse at uh, at the wire. Let's see if there's any other top news breaking out today. Obviously, a lot of baseball on today, some college college basketball. Obviously, NBA and NHL, of course, are on. Yeah, so it looks like Deron Williams to the Cavaliers. looks like the Warriors are the favorite to land Calderon. Then they're talking about some of this guy, Lonzo Ball, and UCLA coming out. And so they're talking about he wants to be a Laker, like just no one ever wants to draft you. These guys, they're not even in the league yet, and they're trying to dictate where they're going. It's, just, it's ridiculous already. Just go, whoever drafts you, you go with a smiley face and play. Just be happy you're in the, you're, you're getting drafted. Everybody's always looking for something. Like, it, it amazes me. Like, these guys cry babies. They're always trying to go, just go where you're drafted. Whatever happens, just go where you're drafted. Enough of this already. And it's the people that are steering these guys. It's not the guys, kids themselves, because they're young kids. They don't know it. They go wherever they go. The people in charge of them. Now, first of all, you got to be an idiot to say the Lakers. If the Celtics get the first pick, why would, why would you? The Celtics right now are one of the best position teams with all the young talent and all the picks they got. And uh, you have a guy like Isaiah Thomas who's turning into a, a star. He is a star already. Let's see what happened the other night with him, Isaiah Thomas. He got ran over by Carroll. He took shots at him. But another thing, too, Thomas, you're going to get fouled hard now. You're, you're quick. And you get to the hoop. You make plays. You know, you're winning games. You think people ain't going to just let you drive. You're going to get hit. You're going to get fouled. You can't complain every time you get fouled. That's like LeBron crying for balls. You know what? You're LeBron James, you're going to go You're going to go to the hole 100 miles an hour every time. So once you're going to get fouled, sometimes sometimes they're not going to call it. Uh, you know, you're not going to get every time. Nobody gets going. Listen, and I I've said it on the show. LeBron don't get calls. Like a lot of times, he should get more calls. But you know, to a point. You know, like you know, you can't get every call either. So, but I you know, Carmelo hitting a nice game winner last night for the Knicks, giving them a one point game one-point lead, so a, a nice win for the Knicks last night, although they're a mess, you know, I, you know they, I, just stop talking play. I mean, the game playoffs, you're seven, six games out, you're not making the playoffs. It's like there's 23 games left, and you're six games out, you're done. You're the Knicks. You're not making the playoffs. Enough. 
Obviously, they're just saying it to say it, but, I mean, just worry about – put a winning streak together before you even mention the playoffs. Get within two, three games, then start talking. <clears throat> and they're the only team I know in the media, too. They're the only team I know. They could lose seven in a row and get trashed. They win one game, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, they're turning around. They lose four, seven out of eight. What are they turning around? They're not going to turn it around until they get rid of Phil Jackson, in my opinion. And clean house and trade guys and redo it the right way around Pazinga. So they do that, nothing's changing. He swung for the fences this year and it didn't work. Bill Jackson, right? He, he, he tried to get, he tried to, he signed Rose, he signed Noah, he signed Courtney Lee, he thought he was going to get him in the playoffs. So look, the team's bottomed out again. So enough. The best thing that can happen to the Knicks is that Phil Jackson resigns after this year. And I don't even think it's going to happen, but it's the best thing. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But, you know, it's, it, 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 they're a mess. The, the team's a mess. And, you know, you, you look at them and it's just like uh, a, every, there's a circus every day. It's something else. It's one day it's the Oakley Jones drama, the next day it's the Camelo drama, then it's the Phil Jackson drama, then it's the Derrick Rose drama. There's always something. It's like a never-ending cycle. You've got to be out of your mind. And I'll tell you, and, and you know what? One thing you got to say, man, Knicks fans are loyal. Give the Knicks fans credit because they're loyal. Because you know what? Their team stinks year after year after year after year, and they keep coming. <clears throat> so they can never say their fans ain't loyal because you know what? They can bash all they want. The bottom line is they they show up to the games. They sell out every game no matter how bad they are. You know, maybe it's time to give them something. You know, let, 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 you know maybe fire Phil Jackson. You know, everybody was excited when they got Phil Jackson. It looked like it was a great move. It's backfired. You got to move on. And, and unfortunately, he's making eight nine million dollars a year, so they're not going to fire him. So he, they need him to walk away, and I don't think he's doing it. His, his ego will not let him. His ego alone will not let Carmelo win out. That's the bottom line. He's going to win this battle with Carmelo. If he has to stay and suffer for three more years, he'll do it. Because that's just you could just see that's what that's where this is gone, and it's the same way. I think Carmelo don't want to leave because he's waiting for Phil Jackson to leave. He's trying to ride out. These guys are trying to ride each other out at this point, and I don't think that's the way to go here. The Knicks missed a big opportunity two years ago. A big opportunity. They could have Jimmy Butler in a first rounder. To Carmelo Anthony. That was the deal to make, and they didn't make it. So, but whatever. Let's move on from the NBA. <clears throat> I think I ripped the Knicks apart today. A hockey trade deadline is coming up in three days, and we're going to bring in my man, Mr. Berger, right now with all the latest hockey rumors. What's going on, Mr. Berger? Hey, Chicky Wig. What's up, Wiggy Wig? What's going on? What's, go- what's going on, my man? Leaky Lake. Uh, Chiggy Wig? Leaky Lee, you little begging bee? Leaky Lee. Anyway. Let's get back to reality. 
Let's get back to reality. The, the, the trade deadline's coming fast, right? Yeah, this Wednesday. Yes, 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 yes. What do you think? Do you expect a busy deadline this year? Or do you think minor deals? Do you think any chance of a blockbuster? What do you, what's your take? Uh, well, I think I bet you, we we touched upon it last week. You know, usually like you know all the hype about the trading deadline, and we think all these deals are going to be going down. And la 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 la. You know, I actually, I think this year is going to be a little bit different. Um, I think you're going to see some player movement uh, a little bit more than other times, simply because of. Um, you have um, you know you have the you have uh, the Vegas Golden Knights coming in. And a lot of teams are also going to be maneuvering not only for playoff, you know, runs, but they're also going to be maneuvering for their protections. You know, uh, who are they protecting, you know, because they're only allowed to protect a certain amount of players uh, for the expansion draft. And I think because of that reason, because of the expansion draft coming up, I think you're going to see probably a little bit more movement in terms of teams trying to, you know, um, uh, teams trying to move players who they know they're probably going to wind up losing for nothing in the expansion draft uh, if if they're going to, you know, if they're going to keep them on their current roster, you know, they might be losing them on uh, to the expansion draft to the Golden Knights. So I honestly do think that, uh, you know, I kind of changed my mind from last week, and I do think that you're probably going to see a little bit more movement uh, this this uh, this deadline around. I mean, there's, you know, some deals that are already uh, take, have taken place. I mean, rumors are flying everywhere, you know, this one, that one, blah, 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 blah. But I, I do think that you're probably you're probably going to see a little bit a little bit more movement this this year around than than in previous years. You know, all the hype usually leads to like one or two deals and small mining deals. So you expect you expect could you expect a lot of like smaller deals? Yeah, um, I, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I think I I mean you have a very I mean I like I said last week I think you, you know your biggest I think the biggest name that's going to get moved is is Shattenkirk. I mean he's pretty much a goner. Um, the rumor this uh, you know last couple of days is that a team had offered him a, a sign and trade a forty two million dollar contract. Uh, he rejected. Wow. Wow. He re- he rejected that that sign and trade. Um, there were some rumors leaking out that it was Tampa Bay uh, was the team that offered him the sign and trade, and he rejected it. And then there was some rumors saying that no, it wasn't Tampa Bay. It could have been possibly Toronto. So we don't really. It's it's a little bit unclear um, as far as which team. I mean. It, the fact that a team did offer him a sign-in trade and offered him a $42 million contract, which is likely six years, you know, six-year, uh, six $7 million a year contract, and he rejected it. Um, I think, you know, the fact that, that happened really points to, to 
one thing and one thing only. He has a specific team that he wants to go to. And I mean, and everyone in everyone in their mother is saying that it's the Rangers. Uh, that he really wants to come to the Rangers. He's a you know he grew up in Connecticut, about 35 miles out of New York, and he lived in New York for a little while. And it, it just seems to be that everyone is saying it's for Shattenkirk, it's New York a bust. Now it's, it's going to be up now. Somebody's got to be willing to pay. I mean, because you got to figure his agent thinks he can get him that money or close to it from the Rangers or somebody else if he's not accepting the sign and trade. You know. Well, yeah, that's the whole thing. I mean, if 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 it was how many teams about... would pay? How many teams would be willing to pay this guy seven million a year? You think there's a lot oh, of them? Oh yeah, there would be a lot of them. Yes, yes. I mean, the guy's in his prime, you know what I mean? He's, he just turned 28 years old. You know, he's a power play specialist. He's not a true number one defenseman. And he's um, he's a borderline number two, but he's a legitimate, legitimate number three. You know, he he's a number two slash number three defenseman. But the fact that he's a power play specialist, you know, and um, – you know those guys don't really grow on trees, you know, and and they're pretty valuable, and and there would be plenty of teams that are, that would be willing to give him that contract. Yes, I do, honestly believe so. It just seems like a lot of money to make, you know. Uh, it is a lot of money, but I mean, look, that's what you know. I mean, that's what defensemen, you know, look at the def- you know, look at the latest contracts that defensemen are getting. You know, defensemen are. You know, the, besides goalies and besides like franchise players, you know, like you know the Crosbys, the you know Malkins, the Ovechkins, you know uh, the Stamkoses. I mean, these you know the defensemen, the, the defensemen, they're they're the ones who are getting these big contracts. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it really is, and you know, most of them, some of these guys are getting ten-year deals, right? It's always like. I mean, yeah. Who was, I mean, that, depending on, who was that deal a couple of years ago that Ryan Suda signed? Wasn't it crazy? Uh, well, Ryan's. I mean, yeah. That. I mean, that. That was the same year that they picked up both Ryan Suda and Parisi the same off season. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was like a. I don't remember exactly the terms of the contract, but I'll be honest with you, Ryan Suda. Regardless, I mean, he's worth every penny. The guy, you know, the guy is steady as. You know, I mean, he's been one of the most steadiest, best NHL defensemen in the game for the last, ever since he came into the league. You know, the guy. I mean, Just he does to it show all. You how valuable defense is, right? I mean, absolutely, absolutely. And when and when you have an opportunity to get one of these franchise defensemen, you know, not and I'm not, you know, but but by no means am I saying that Shattenkirk is a is a franchise defenseman. But you know, when you do have an opportunity to get one of these franchise defensemen, you better believe that a team is going to lock them up for you know seven, eight, nine, ten years. Especially Suter at the time when he signed with Minnesota, you know, he was what he was like twenty-four years old, twenty-three, twenty-four yeah, yeah. years old, something along those lines. And you know, to me, he's worth every penny. I mean, the guy does it all. He never makes mistakes. You know he's uh, he plays on the power play. He's he's I mean uh, he's worth to me he's worth every penny. Yeah, 
So, look, like if a team like Tampa Bay had a deal for, for Shattenkirk, like what are they giving? What's Tampa giving? Just young play, your minor league is ticks? I mean, what's been the deal? Yeah, I mean, look, at this point, you know, uh, the St. Louis Blues are behind the, you know, they're behind the eight ball at this point. It's like, you know, it's either they're going to take, um, <clears throat> you know, like uh, either a couple of picks and a prospect and trade him, or he's going to walk July 1st and, you know, and they're going to, you know, they're not going to get anything for him. You know, and that's poor asset management. You know, again, that's kind of happened. That's what exactly what happened last year with Bacchus. You know, they, you know, they, they couldn't come to terms with him on a contract. You know, they rolled the dice because they were in a playoff hunt and this, that, and the other thing. Um, and from what I read, I mean, really, the deal was over. You know, the the difference between him staying and not was like an extra year on his contract. And they rolled the dice, you know, they kept him, they didn't trade him at the deadline, and, you know, the guy walked, signed with Boston, and, you know, they have nothing to show for it. And now, you know, St. Louis is, uh, you know, they're not even playoff bound at, at this point. Yeah, it's crazy. They're they a team that had high expectations, right? Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're a champ. I mean, listen, also granted that, you know, Jake Allen – uh, it was having a terrible season. I think that that was partly due to him being exposed. You know, he was. You know, he became when they traded Elliot. You know, Elliot Allen was like a one-two punch with them. You know, so they kind of split the season half and a half. And uh, you know, they traded Elliot away, thinking that Allen was going to be able to. Uh, you know, handled the workload of a true number one, and it, that obviously showed to be false. That he's not, you know, he's he he wasn't able. To, I mean, could have been an an off year, and can he bounce back? I mean, that's not what I'm reading from the St. Louis fans. You know, St. Louis fans are desperate to you know to get a goalie. Yeah. So looking at the ranges now, like if not Shattenkirk, who else would the other ranges looking at? Uh, there's been some rumors that the Rangers are looking at Brendan Smith from Detroit. Um, he's okay, you know. He's um, he's a steady three-four defenseman. You know, he's not. Um, I think he's a little bit more in the mold of a, of a Kevin Klein. Um, you know, his offense is not. You know, it's not. He's not an, an offensive defenseman, but he's a defenseman that is. Uh, you know, he's he's uh, he's a stay-at-home. He rarely makes mistakes. You know, he's solid. You know, he's very nice steady defenseman. I'm sorry. A nice steady defenseman, right? You know, yeah, nice steady like defenseman. Stay-at-home you know, and nice, yeah. Yeah, and he's not scared to drop his mitts, you know, which is always nice to have an addition to the team because right now we're, you know, we're soft as pudding in in terms of, you know, I mean, not that fighting is a big part of the the sport it's anymore. It's always welcome though that, you know. Yeah, it's 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 always nice to have to know that there's a teammate, you know, that's gonna be willing to. I got you back. You know. I got you back. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, the only guy that we really have right now on our team that's like that is Kevin Klein. You know, if, if you know if someone needs to step in and and stick up for a teammate, you know, he's the only willing participant to you know drop the mitts and protect his teammates. Yeah. 
but you don't see the Rangers making any big moves. Like, Shattenkirk would be the biggest move. You don't see, like, a big forward coming here, right? No, 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 no. As, you know, as I mentioned to you last week, our, our forward crop is is perfect. We don't need to mess with it. Um, you know, when, when we're fully healthy and playing, we're, you know, we're, I mean, I think we're either second or third in the league in, in scoring. We don't need any offense, you know, if, if, you know, God knows how many years I, I, I was able to say that, but our offense is fine. You know, we have a good, really good, tight-knit group of, of, of guys, you know, the overall team, probably the tightest that I've seen in a really long time, probably the tightest since 94, since we won the Cup. Um, you know, so our forward crop is fine. We're we're fine on offense. You know, we just you know would you know if 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 there is a possibility to add Shattenkirk and with with you know with the intent of him extending you know resigning with us, then yeah, sure, definitely go out and get him. I mean, Hank is what thirty four years old already. How much gas does he have in the tank? You know, I mean, yeah, no, you know, if we're going to win, we have to be in win-now mode, not win-tomorrow mode, you know. So that's really what it comes down to. If not, if, if you know, if 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 Armstrong, you know, if the St. Louis GM, I mean, if he's going to expect still a King's Ransom in return, then no, you know, let him go screw himself and he's going to wind up losing him for nothing and we'll just get him for free July 1st. Yeah, and you know, that's the only play you could take, right? Just wait another year, wait till the offseason and get him, right? Yep, yep. I know that uh, I read an article this morning that a lot of teams uh, have been calling uh, the Rangers on J.T. Miller and pretty much... uh, um, you know, Gordon's been more or less hanging up the phone on them, saying, you know, J.T. Miller is available. Yeah, and I'd like to see them hold on to him anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's become, you know, our probably our best two-way player. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. So, All right, so what about anything on the Islanders or the Devils? The other local teams, any any rumors? No, the I mean the Devils, you know this, you know there's not much going on with the Devils right now. Um, a few minor rumors, not even really worth mentioning. I know the Islanders, they're looking for a second line center. Um, they're one of the teams pushing hard to get Duchesne from um, from Colorado. Um, I think it's going to be a waiting game to the last minute. You know, who's ever going to be getting, you know, who's ever going to get desperate enough to pony up the most? Because I hear the asking price is pretty ridiculous when it comes to um, Duchesne. So, um, you know, but the Islands are definitely in the market for a second-line center. I mean, they got shellacked yesterday 7 nothing by by Columbus. Yeah, uh, they yeah. Were, they were on a pretty nice little winning streak. But, um, you know, the Islanders, they have a nine-game road trip there, you know, that started yesterday. So this is really going to either make or break them. And 
I think it's going to probably come down to Wednesday to determine whether Snow is going to, you know, pony up the assets to either get a Duchesne or, you know, what he's going to do because, you know, this nine-game road trip is pretty much going to determine whether, you know, they're in the playoffs or, you know, it's like, hey, you know, why waste any assets right now and, you know, let's see what happens and, you know, wait till the off season to try to improve the team. Yeah, the Islanders played uh, seven more home games than road games. So they got a lot of, like you said, a big road trip, so they got to make up all these road games now. Yeah, they're tied yeah. with Boston. They're tied with Boston right now for the last five. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, they are, and uh, obviously Boston is another team that's uh, rumored uh, to be after Shattenkirk. Um, but once again, you know, you know, if the, if, if the, the and we don't really know who leaked the rumor. I mean, it, it might have been, you know, Shattenkirk's agent was the one who leaked the rumor, saying that you know there was a team that had a deal in place and was willing to give him that contract. And maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe he, you know, he was the one who leaked the rumor to kind of deter other teams and yeah, you know, yeah put a little more pressure on Armstrong to, you know, I mean, cause that all that did was just decrease his value as a rental, you know, that that's all that really did, you know, but it's still, you know, whether regardless of who leaked the rumor, there's not going to be a team out there who uh, would pony up, you know, a big return for a, a rented cat and Kirk, um, you know, maybe some teams, you know, they'll pony up a little bit more because, you know, they feel they're a Shattenkirk away from, you know, being, a, you know, a legitimate contender. So maybe they will be, would be willing to give up a little bit more than another team that's going to say, hey, you know, if we can't resign this guy, then, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's asset management at this point, you know. But, uh, given that, you know, having said that, this, you know, uh, this year's draft is very, very, very weak draft. Um, they're basically saying, like, after even maybe the top five or six players, it's like it, it's like pretty much garbage the rest of the draft. So I think maybe you're going to see teams willing to, you know, trade their first-round picks. This year, this year, I mean, unless you're in the top five, you know, I think um, you're going to see probably teams a little bit more willing to get rid of their first round or trade their first round picks. But once again, you never know. You know, you just you never know. Now, do you see do you see Colorado like moving both uh, Duchesne and Landeskog, or do you think if they trade Duchesne, they'll just keep Landeskog? You know, I think personally, I personally think they should. You know, I think they need to kind of wipe the slate clean, you know, and just kind of get rid of, you know, just out with the old and in with the new. Uh, you know, it's, it, you know, it always depends on the return. You know, I mean, the, you know, the Landis Cog and and Boston have been linked for a very long time. Uh, Duchesne's been linked to everyone and you know everyone and their mother in the NHL. You know, but uh, from what I'm hearing, I mean, you know, you know, 
Sackick's asking price for both, and maybe legitimately so, you know, is is very high. And, um, you know, but I do, yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem with Colorado trading them, uh, trading them both, uh, you know, restocking, uh, you know, restocking some, uh, some um, you know, some, some younger players, some prospects, some picks, and just, hey, you know what, just, you know, start the rebuild all over again. Yeah, it's, that's going to be an interest. That's the team, I guess, the interesting team to watch here, right? Because they got the two probably best young players available in a deal like this. You know that are you know dead well and straight yeah. in the right deal. Yeah, for sure. They they're you know Colorado is <laughs> a team to watch. Um, you know, then Arizona is another team, right? Arizona because you know. You can see them maybe moving veterans like Hansel and Herbata, maybe, or... Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Arizona, definitely. You know, they're definitely going to be moving of Herbata, Hansel, uh, maybe, I don't know, Shane Doan. I heard heard Michael Stone, it could be another guy, a young gun that they could be available, a young defenseman. Well, Stone was already traded. Stone was traded this past week. Uh, who was he traded to? Shit. That's right. I'm sorry. If Calgary yeah, got tra- Stone, that's what I want to say. Calgary, Calgary got Stone for two, first, two future draft picks. Yeah, that's right. He at 50% retained. Stone was traded to Calgary for. Uh, so what do you think of that? What do you think of that trade for Calgary? Um, I mean, I, I, you know, it's, you know, Stone's a nice guy. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's nothing special, but he's a steady defenseman. Um, you know, he's had some injury problems in the past. I mean, I, I mean, I like it for Calgary because, you know, Dennis Weidman is pretty much sitting in the press boxes these days. So he's kind of like, a you know, their replacement for Weidman. Um, yeah, no, I, I liked it for Calgary. I liked it. You know, he's he's Stone's it's a not good a bad shot. Guy. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. I but mean, they need some. Defense. It's a young that, team. You know, he's an edgy defenseman. Yeah. Yeah, it's a young team, and he's uh, you know he's going to add some veteran presence to the locker room and some steadiness on the ice. So yeah, I I, I thought it was a good move by Calgary. And then you got a guy like Vanek. Right? Will Vanek get traded, you think? I mean, probably should. That makes sense. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, that. yeah. Vanek is definitely going to get moved. Um, I mean, I know Chicago just got uh, 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 Jerko, but, uh, you know, that's, you know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, definitely. Yeah, Vanek, I mean, Chicago looks like a, a team Vanek would end up on. Yeah, I, yeah, I could see, I could see a, a Vanek on, on on Chicago for sure. And he's an intriguing one—a guy who's having a surprise trade tip chip for this team, and he's having a surprisingly good year. Patrick Eves, right? Dallas may be able to get something for him if they sell high right now. To, he was traded to Anaheim. Oh, he was dealt. So he yeah. was What did they get for him? Okay, listen, you got to keep up with the rumors, my friend. <laughs> but that's why you're here. That's why you're here. <laughs> Yeah, Eves was already traded to Anaheim for a, um, I believe it was a second-round pick, conditional that if they make it to a certain, you know, a certain round or if he resigns or if they make it to the Cup, it's going to become a first-round pick. 
So Eves was already moved, uh, Jericho was already moved, Stone was already moved. You know, so you, you're gonna you're gonna see within the next couple of days. You know, I don't think teams well, are gonna be waiting some other for less. Who else could be out there? You know, I mean, not LA is big names, not big names necessarily, just anybody. Anybody, I mean, you know, you know, no one really, you know, just. I mean, Anaheim still has to address their their defensive situation because they're going to wind up losing a really good young defenseman in the expansion draft if they don't. You know, the name that's out there is Vatnin. Um, that's the guy that uh, most likely would get moved. Um, you know, Minnesota again wants uh, you know their you know with their defensive uh, crop. You know, they need to move somebody, or they're going to wind up losing a good a good young defenseman in the expansion draft. Uh, you still have the you know the flurry situation in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, do, do they move him? Um, you know, or risk losing him to uh, Vegas? Uh, but the rumor is that um, Vegas may just very well pass on Flurry because of the contract, and uh, you know a lot of rumors out there that Vegas would probably go for Anti Ranta, you know, from the Rangers. Wow! Know, because of his yeah, because of his age and uh, because of his contract, yeah. and and because you know Ranta's been playing lights out. I mean, it could be very well. Once again, it could be. You know, because he's not a you know he's not a full time NHL goalie. He's a backup, but whenever he plays, I mean, he looks like a you know like a starting NHL goalie. You know, you know we had a big win yesterday in New Jersey. We won in overtime. You know, we got off to a two nothing lead, and then you know Jersey picked it up and scored three straight, and then we tied it late and won it in overtime. So that was a huge you know huge win for us yesterday. And now we have another good test coming up today with Columbus, you know, who's been playing lights out, who just did a shellacking on the fish sticks yesterday, you know, so. Um, and, you know, Rancher's play for the Rangers has allowed, you know, them to give Lundquist more nights off, you know, which is key, especially to down the stretch, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they definitely overplayed him last year. Uh, you know, kind of very similar to what Washington did with Holby, you know, chasing that stupid record. Like, who really cares about these individual records these days anymore? Yeah, it's nice to have your name in the record books, but, you know, 10 years are going to go by, and, yeah, wonderful, you tied Marty Brodeur for the most wins in the NHL season, but guess what? You don't have a cup, you know what I mean? And individual awards are nice, but, you know, when when you have your name on the cup, Forever, you know, I think that's worth a lot more than you know the, these forty-nine win seasons or you know whatever these individual awards that they you know that they get. But you know, maybe to some guys it's important to you know get their name a little you know get their name in a little bit of history, you know. So whatever, but uh, yeah, you know, Washington did the same thing with Hopi this year. You know, they you know they gave him a lot more nights off. You know. In, in anticipation to you know have a, a you know a fresher goaltender goaltender going into the playoffs. Yeah, and it's it's a nice luxury to have when you have a good backup. Yeah, it really is. 
Yeah. Speaking of goalies, any goalies on the trade market? Flurry, obviously, right? You have Flurry. I mean, um, you have Ben Bishop, you know, um, who's rumored. I mean, lately the rumors have been a little contradictory whether the you know whether he's going to get dealt or whether Tampa is just going to hold on to him. Um, I think chances are he probably will get dealt because I mean they have a lot of. You know, they got Stamkos making a lot of money. They have, I mean, Kucherov signed an unbelievable deal. I mean, unbelievable Stamkos, deal on the free. Stamkos can't stay on the on the on the ice. It seems. Uh, yeah, last three seasons, it's just you know, and 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 you know, it's not minor injuries that he's having. I mean, these are like no. you know, major major injuries that he's having, and you know how much. You know how is that going to affect his mental game? You know, you know, it's it's you know it's just been his he's just been hitting a lot of bad luck the last couple of seasons, and you know and these are like you know literally like you know four, five, six month season injuries that are you know that he's getting you know torn ACLs, torn MCLs, you know torn torn Achilles uh, tendon. I mean, you know the worst. The worst possible injuries when it comes to a hockey player, because you know that you know those particular you know those that's everything. Skating and hockey is everything, you know, and you know those those are the injuries that are really going to hurt you the most in terms of you know your your speed and you know your production. Yeah, and you know, but I was reading that Flurry is a guy who's getting a lot of interest. He's getting coveted by a few multiple teams. Yeah, he is, as well as he should. You know, as well as he should. I mean, he's, you know, he's got the, you know, he's got the playoff experience. He plays a lot better in the playoffs than he does during the regular season. If you look at his overall regular season numbers, they're, you know, really not that impressive at all, with the exception of maybe a few seasons. But you know, he's he's won a cup. You know, and. Um, you know he's got the playoff experience, and as yeah, he should he should be he should be having a lot of, you know, his salary is obviously one thing. Pittsburgh may be able to retain a million or two in order to make him you know more attractive on the open you know to the trade yeah, yeah, to the yeah. potential trade teams. But yeah, absolutely, he should be getting looked at. You know, for the teams like St. Louis or. Uh, even I heard Calgary or, you know. Yeah, Calgary is the team I heard, too. Yeah, well, I mean, what is Dallas? Yeah, and you've been saying for, you've been saying forever on the show that Dallas needs a goalie. You know? Hello? I think I lost Mr. Berger there for a second. We'll see who we call. I'm sure he'll call right back. Yeah, we lost Mr. Berger for a second. He'll call back. Yeah, like he was saying. So Flores, interesting to see where he goes. You would think one of these teams he's been talking about. He's been talking about. You know, he's back, Mr. Burke. It's not Mr. Burke. Yeah, sorry, Flores. Yeah, like you're talking about. I was saying that Dallas. You've been saying many times on the show. You said that Dallas needs that Dallas needs a, a goalie. I mean, I, I think I've been saying it for the last years since your show's been on. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. I, I'm not really sure what they're thinking. I, I, it's, 
it's mismanagement. Uh, it's just mismanagement. I mean, you know, they have the offense. You know, they they have you know they have a pretty solid defense, but they can't stop the puck. You know, they they you know you need a goaltender. You need you need a a caliber of goaltender that is going to be you know that has the capability of winning you games. You know, or making that key stop. Uh, you know, to win you a game. You know, and they're just, I, I don't know. I really don't know what they're thinking to themselves, you know. I mean, they traded Eves, you know, maybe because they felt they just didn't need him, you know, in order to sustain their offense, and they probably didn't, you know. Uh, but, yeah, dude, unless you're going to address your goalie, you know, you're just going to be skating around playing pond hockey, you know, the NHL season. And then, you know, when and when that happens, you know, the whole team morale is like, okay, yeah, well, you know, why should we really try? I mean, you know, in, off, in the regular season, yeah, we can go and, you know, we could outscore the team and win the game. But in the playoffs, you know, it's a completely different game. You know, it's not about outscoring the other team. It's about who's going to allow the least amount of goals, not who's going to score amount the most amount of goals. So, yeah, so I'm reading. Right. I, I just read something here. I read that the Pats and Pens are both in the mix for Shattenkirk now, according to TSN. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, the Pens and who? According to TSN, I'm saying. TSN reported that. Yeah, yeah. You said the Penguins and who? The Capitals. The Capitals. Well, that's interesting. Um, I mean, I, I've heard about the Pens. Uh, the Washington, I have not heard of as of yet, but um, I didn't really get—I didn't really get a chance to check the room this morning to see what the latest is. Um, yeah, it looks like a—it looks like a fresh rumor. Um, Washington. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, Washington should be a team that's uh, willing to give up some assets to Shattenkirk as just a rental. Uh, they desperately need to, you know, do something in order in order to take it to the next level. Shattenkirk very well may be. I mean, I don't really know if they they need him. I mean, he's definitely not going to hurt. I mean, they have Carlson. You know, they have Orloff. Um, I mean, well, you know, they have Orpik, they have uh, Carlsner. You know, where did they slip Shattenkirk into the? You know, because Shattenkirk, you know, he's not a five-six defenseman. He's a, you know, he's a top-four defenseman. So where did they slip him and who did they slip down? But yeah, they definitely should be looking at him. Depends. Um, Depends, you know, they're up against the cap. So I guess if they could move Flurry, that will open up some cap space for them for Shattenkirk for sure. Um, and that may make that that actually may make sense to swap Cros, uh, Crosby uh, to swap Shattenkirk for uh, for. Um, you can't get over uh, Flurry. Yeah, I can't get over the, the salad material. Uh, yeah. Oh. You know, oh. Maybe uh, maybe a flurry for Shattenkirk deal works, you know, for both teams, you know, because now, you know, St. Louis may address their goaltending issue and 
and pens, uh, you know, because pens. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting uh, deal. You know, that's an interesting deal. Yeah, that that could be an interesting deal. That that's for sure. But um, well, I mean, all indications are saying that you know it's ranges of bust with Shattenkirk. It's just a matter of whether Gordon is going to be. You know, can they come to terms? Number one, number two, is is Shattenkirk willing to take a hometown discount uh, in terms of contract? Uh, you know, because I'm not comfortable with giving him a six-year, seven million dollar contract. Uh, I don't care how much he wants to be here. I mean, the fact that you know that you know you always want to obtain a player that wants to come, you know, wants to be a Ranger or wants to play for your team. Yeah, that's you know that's great. But I'm not comfortable with giving him that type of money. You know, maybe a six, six, six. Maybe you know, if he's really wanting to, you know, come to New York, make maybe like a six four five point five. I mean, that may be wishful thinking, you know. But I'm not comfortable with giving him six point, you know, six year, seven million dollar deal, no matter how much he wants to come here. To be honest with you, I mean. I'm just sick of getting into these retarded contracts and, you know, they eventually become nooses. I mean, you know, you're talking about giving a guy a deal who's, you know, through 35 years old, you know, and, you know, we've made that mistake already with Girardi and, and Stahl and, you know, we've learned our lesson. Hopefully we've learned our lesson, you know, but Gordon, he, you know, he's so far since he's taken over, he's, done an excellent job with asset management so uh you know i you know i believe in him you know i think he's going to do the right thing and not do anything stupid you know such as Seda has done in the past i've seen here that 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 supposed tampa bay deal for shattenkirk that Drouin might have possibly been in that trade yeah i don't believe that i don't believe that yeah i don't believe that i mean unless if they get offered like that for him, if they get offered that type of deal for him, the Rangers probably won't get him. Well, no, it, it all depends. The on Rangers Shatner. ain't going to give up one of their better young players. No, no, no. I think that deal, if Shattenkirk was willing to, uh, you know, re-sign with Tampa Bay for the six-year, uh, $7 million contract, then maybe Druin was in the deal. You know, maybe that was, you know, that was, the guy going back to uh, to to Tampa. I mean, let's let's also not forget that you know Drewin in Tampa, you know, did not yeah, necessarily yeah. get off to it's a great start. Yeah. yeah, it's been a rocky relationship, and they're going to have to re-sign him soon. And you know, like I said, they gave a lot of money to Hedman, uh, Stamkos. You know, they're going to have Tyler Johnson coming up. They're going to have a couple of their yeah. guys coming up, you know, that they're going to need to resign. So, you know, maybe they were willing to move Drew and if, if Shattenkirk was willing to resign for that type of money. But, you know, if he vetoed the trade, you know, if, if Tampa Bay was the team, and that's what I read too, that Tampa was the team that, you know, that, that offered him that deal and he vetoed the deal. And, and you're talking about now Tampa Bay, who's in Florida where there's no state tax, which means he's making – you know, a little bit that much more than the seven million because he's saving on state taxes and city taxes. You know, so then he, you know, he, I guess he really wants to go to a specific team. You know, and everyone's saying that that team is the Rangers. Yeah, 
And now they say Montreal's talking for uh, Drouin. Montreal's called Tampa for Drouin. Yeah, well, Montreal's definitely in the market for, you know, to add another piece, um, you know, as far as the offense is concerned. right now. Uh, it's Montreal, Which bro, I think is not you know, bad because, I mean, the guy was playing great until he got hurt early in the yeah, that's what I'm, it's 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 Montreal. Montreal is a very tough city to play in. You know, you have a tank. You have a, you have you know Montreal was was practically running uh, uh, Patriotti out of town in the beginning of the season when he scored like you know I think he had like ten goals in his first I don't know like twenty something games and then he's been just on the tear. He's He's got like 25 goals in the last 34 games, and all of a sudden he's mayor of the city again. You know, so yeah, you know, yeah. Don't you know? Don't don't put too much weight on Montreal because Montreal media, you know, their media is, you know, that's Fresh the toughest city over there. Yeah, yeah that, that's the tough, It's the toughest city to play in. Montreal is definitely the toughest city to play in. I mean, their fans are diehard fans, but they're also very. You know, they're also very bitchy in a sense. You know, it's like, you know, you have a little bad of stretch and that's it, you're gone. It's over, da 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 ba 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 you got to go. But, uh, you know, don't put, t- don't put too much weight into Montreal. So before I let you go, I'm going to throw a few names at you. You tell me if you think they get traded or not, other than the ones we spoke about. All right? Do it. All right, Patrick, Patrick Shaw. Yeah, he's a goner. Create an after this year. Yeah, he's a goner. Brian Boylehead. Brian Boylehead. Uh, yeah, Tampa Sellers. I think Tampa Sellers. I think I, I think Boylehead is going to get moved. Some rumors have him coming to back to us. Um, I wouldn't yeah, mind getting him back. Him. He was a postseason yeah, player. Yeah, I wouldn't mind getting him back as a fourth line, you know, another big body, center, you know, penalty killer, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't mind getting him back, depending on, you know, what we have to give back. I would give, like, a Lindbergh for him or, you know, one of those guys, you know, a Peary, a Lindbergh, or, you know, a Pommel or one of those. Somebody like that, yeah. Yeah. What about Evander Kane? That's a tough one. I mean, uh, I mean, the guy's been on fire for the last, like, you know, I mean, uh, I think he's second in the league in, in goals to Crosby ever since, I think, like the new year or a little bit before the new year. So, I mean, that's going to be a tough one. I mean, has he t- I mean, from what I've been reading, he's been a great teammate and he's been – disciplined and you know I mean I don't know has he turned the corner and you know finally maybe growing up yeah that's a tough one that that really is a tough one or did he already wear out his welcome in Buffalo or is Buffalo willing you know was I, I don't know and that's I, I'm when it comes to Kane I'm really don't know which way that's going to go I, I don't know if he's going to get moved and you know and even though he's been playing really good hockey, you know, I still think a lot of teams are going to be very scared to, you know, to take him on their roster, you know, is, you know, is he going to, he, you know, cause that's the type of guy, you know, he's, a, he's like that alcoholic, you know, he recovered, but you never know when he's going to, you know, maybe jump back Relax. on the wagon again, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, so it's like, 
you don't know you don't know what you're getting with this fool, you know. So it's 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 a tough call with him. It's a tough call with him. What about uh, Andrew? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Alexandra Burroughs. Burroughs will definitely be moved. He's unrestricted. Againla too? You think Againla? Aguila will be moved. Yes, Aguila will be moved. Uh, they um, they have him tied to either L.A. or maybe back to Calgary. Just you know, kind of uh, finish his career. You know where he started, and I don't know why Calgary would want him. They're not even in the playoff hunt. You know, I think he needs to go to a team that you know. I mean, he wants to go to a playoff team. You know, he wants to have that chance at winning the cup. You know, but. Um, L.A. probably would probably make the most sense for him at this point. And maybe a guy like Shane Doan, right? Maybe he'll get moved? Yeah, Shane Doan, whatever. It's like, who cares about Shane Doan at this point? You know, Same old, same old, right? Same old. I mean, you know what? You should have made, made the decision four years ago, you know what I mean, when you were still somewhat yeah. productive and whatever, and at this point... You just went uh, to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At this point, it's like, really, who cares? You know, he gets moved, he gets moved, he doesn't. Who cares? And what about Dmitry Kulikov from Buffalo, the defenseman? He's a, he's a free yeah. agent after the year, so. Yeah, yeah, he's another name that's out there. Um, yeah, the kind of Rangers, he, maybe, wouldn't be a bad move for the Rangers as a rental if you could get him for cheap, right? You know what? There's been no, you know, there's been no rumors um, leaked as far as Kulikov to the Rangers. But then again, ever since Gordon uh, Gordon has taken over, there's very like, I mean, the Rangers now are like very like tight lipped in terms of, you know, there's like really very, 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 very few rumors coming out in terms of from the Rangers organization as far as who they might be interested in or who they might be looking at, you know, so it's a, it's a tough call with the Rangers these days. Just, you know, you just don't know, you know what I mean? Like even, uh, even the Bessie signing in the off season, there was no leaks of that, you know, anywhere in the press that were one of the teams that might be in the running, you know what I mean? And then boom, that came out of nowhere. That came out of nowhere, and boom, we signed him. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> ever since Gordon has taken over, it's it's you know the whole Ranger organization. You're not getting any slips from them. You know, if you're getting slips, you're getting slips from the other organizations that the Rangers might be talking to. You know, I know LA has been. Um, you know, there's been a lot of word that LA has been scouting the Rangers uh, a lot lately, and. Uh, some of the names that were being mentioned were uh, Martinez. Um, um, sure, why am I getting on? Uh, sure, what's the defenseman? Martinez, um, uh, Jake Muzzin, and that forward, uh, the Swedish forward Kempe, um, that they have was a prospect. And, uh, you know, he was in the AHL. He was only called up like, you know, two weeks ago. And, you know, some people are saying that. You know that he's being showcased in the NHL right now, um, but um, I I don't know, dude. I, I'm not. You know these. You know the the Muslims and the Martinez's. You know they're, they're gonna. You know they might require 
giving up, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, a forward from our from our roster. And like I said, I'm, you know, the biggest the biggest guy that I'm willing to give up from our current roster is like a Lindbergh or a Peary, and you know, Lindbergh might probably have the most interest, you know, in terms of you yeah, because he's a good, you know, he's a, he's a solid two-way player. I mean, two-way player. I mean, he's, you know, his offensive skills are obviously limited. Uh, he's, I mean, he's very good defensively. You know, he's young, you know, to a lot of teams that's attractive, you know, as a, you know, as like a third, fourth liner. You know, Pierre, he's a, you know, he's a one-trick pony. You know, he's, he's okay, but, you know, his shot is the only, you know, his best asset. You know, he's a power play guy. Um, you know, Pummel we picked up as a what as you know off waivers. You know, or didn't we pick him? Yeah, we picked him up off waivers. So I mean, he doesn't have really much value in the you know in the league. So you know, I'm not really looking to give up anyone anyone off our current roster. You know, I just don't want to do it. You know, if we can if we could obtain you know like a like a Brendan Smith or you know. I don't even know, uh, maybe a Kulikov for, uh, you know, for just like maybe a second round, uh, second round pick or a conditional, thir- you know, a second or maybe a conditional third or whatever it is, you know, uh, I, I would do something like that. But other than that, I would, you know, I mean, as much as I would want to get a, a Shattenkirk and give us a real legitimate chance, you know, at, at the cup this year. Yeah. I mean, I would love that. You know, and and if and if if that's the case, if Shattenkirk is basically saying it's Rangers a bust, to you know, then it's it's going to be a dick measuring contest between you know the Shattenkirk's agent and uh, the GM of the Blues. You know, who's yeah. going to be a showdown? You know, who's going to be willing to pull the trigger first? You know, but once again, you know, uh, Armstrong should be learning from last year's mistake. He didn't move Backus, and he lost him for nothing. He, that's poor asset management. You know, St. Louis suffered tremendously this year because of it. And uh, if he's going to do the same thing with, uh, you know, with, with Shattenkirk, I mean, you're going to see the St. Louis Blue fans. I mean, they're, they're going to lynch him out of town. Yeah, no deservably so. Yeah, deservably so. You got to do something, you know. Whether you're going to trade That's it for, well, it's going to be an interesting week. So we'll see what's going to happen, and then, you know, it's going to be a lot of a lot of trades. And then next Saturday, we'll we'll definitely recap all the trades. Oh yeah, right? yeah, that's for sure. That's and we'll sure. see if uh, Shatton Kurtz arranges next Saturday when we when we're talking. Yeah, Wednesday's the deadline, so we'll see. We'll see. It's 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 going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting. Like I said, you know, you know, between the deadline and teams vying for playoff positions and uh, especially due to the expansion draft coming up, I think we will see a little bit of a busier trading deadline this season that we than we have seen in the past. You know, big names, I don't think so, but definitely a lot of player moves. Like you said, like, you know, the biggest names are going to be the Patrick Sharps, maybe uh, Flurry. Uh, Shattenkirk definitely, I think, will get moved. Uh, I don't think uh, I don't think Armstrong is going to make the same mistake again, or at least I hope he doesn't. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll definitely see. It'll be interesting. You know, you know, I'm on the computer 24/7, refreshing every five minutes to see what's going on. 
Yeah, of course. Well, uh, you're the re- you're the you're the master of the refresher. Um, <laughs> I am the master of the refresher because you never know. Things happen fast. Things happen That's fast. It. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on today and giving us the latest rumors and everything. And then uh, next week we'll recap the whole deadline. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, uh, yeah, have a, you know, thanks again for having me on and have a great week. We'll be, we'll be in touch. Uh, you too. Enjoy your help. weekend. Yeah, you too. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, just try, you know, try not to get mugged by Chris again. Um, and you know, um, the rest, let it all be gravy, baby. I I think, I think I got a good one. I got Forsberg back. No, you mugged him. He mugged himself. Well, yeah, he did mug himself, but you know, whatever. He's, he's different. He's trying to make up, he's he's trying to make up for it by mugging me now. Yeah, of course. Uh, Of course, of course, of course, of course. Well, he's, in his mind, he got a great deal. Because he thinks Kopitar is better than Landeskog, and uh, Johansson brings more to the table than Forsberg. And I said, "You're an idiot." So whatever. Kopitar's thirty-nine. Yeah, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Kopitar's twenty-nine years old. I'm like, uh, he was never a speedster, and I'm like, I'm like, the game is already too fast for him already. So uh, it's over. I'm like, he's done. He was never a big goal scorer, per se, either. You know? No, he was never a big goal scorer, but, you know, he's, he was, he was you know, probably, the, yeah, probably the best, you know, one of the best two-way players in the game. You know, he gets, he gets those two. Yeah, no, you might be. You definitely might. Especially if Lane Scott gets two-way play, it don't matter with that. Well, and I told him, I'm like, listen, if Lane Scott gets traded, and you know, I mean, Land, it's, by far, Landeskog is not a is not a goal scorer either, you know. But if he gets traded and he could rebound his game back to you know, or you know, at least rebound his game to where you know he was, or even improve on his game, I'm like, well, then you're an idiot. You know, you should you should have probably waited till the trading deadline to see whether he was going to get traded into who and how he would react because I honestly do think that if Landon Scott gets traded and gets out of that uh, yeah. swamp in, in Colorado, I think his game is going to rebound. I think, you know, he's going to come back to old he form. Goals, it's not, right? even, it's not even better. Yeah. yeah he's not going to be a idiot. Yeah, maybe he's showcasing himself <laughs> to the potential teams. That's it. Yeah. All right. Next week, we'll be back with more hockey rumors and hockey trade talk. Yes, for shizzle. Definitely have a great week. Thanks again. You too. Thanks for coming uh, on, Mr. Berda. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And, yeah, for sure, next week, we're we're on like Donkey Kong. Oh, yeah. We're going to need more time, so you may come on a little earlier next week. Well, yeah, try to to make a little more time for hockey next week. Hey, listen, hockey's getting a lot of light the last few weeks on this show. Listen, I know I'm no Bernie Nichols, but, you know, <laughs> let's, hey, let's, 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 let's try to put a little bit more yeah. effort. Listen, you missed the burger. That's, that's good enough for me. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right, listen, I know you're running late right, on time, so do what you have to do. And, uh, we'll. I mean, obviously, you, you and I will talk during I'll the week. Later, yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, man. Later. All right. Have a, you got it. Bye-bye. Bye. Mr. Berger, join in, call in.
talking the dude hockey rumors with the trade deadline three days away. Great job, Mr. Berger. Great show today, guys. We did baseball, basketball, NBA deadline stuff, hockey trade deadline stuff, and we did baseball spring training. We did NFL news. It was an action-packed show. It went fast. It's only two and a half hours today. So everybody enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks for listening on this Sunday. And next week I'll be back on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. So, again, thanks for calling and joining, you know, for listening and calling in and everything today. And I'll see you next week.